Hi. This is weird. This is interesting. So I said this while we were off the air. Um, I'm looking at the monitor right now, and Derek is here. I just dropped my phone. Derek is here, right? So I'm normally looking, but when I look over, Derek is also there. And it's really fucking with my symmetry, man. You guys are just the Spider-Man meme right now. Just it's. <laughs> What's up, friends? Oh, I, I gotta like do this to to do the chat. Oh, there we go. Okay, I'm like looking over you the could, screen you could look here or here. There's many places. No, I'm talking about the chat. Oh, the chat. I've got. To, I'm like. Right there. Yeah, but you can't really see it though. I've got to like do this. Okay, hang on. So I'm so no no no. It's fine. I'll just do this. See, look at that. Look at that. Boom. It's see. Look at that. It's all gravy. Cool. Oh, good. Cool. Hello, everybody. How's everybody going? It's been a uh, week. It's been a fucking week. It's been a few fucking days. It has been, it's been a, a few fucking week. years. It Actually, it's still Tuesday. Um, but we right now, and there's, you know what? There's a lot of stupid bullshit going on right now for, I don't know, hopefully less than three hours. We're going to forget all that and finish up our SDGC games of the generation. Where did we leave off last week? I was drunk, so I don't remember. Which is like a year uh, ago now. Jeff, Master of Ceremonies. We, we left off well, I know with, where we left off. Um, Breath of the Wild was the worst game of the generation. Is that, that is what it was? I don't, I don't know. Off. I think that's wrong. That was mm-hmm. number 50. That, that's what's in my notes here. It says last edited by Finn. So, mm. It was number 50 on the list. It was not numbered. Anyways, uh, so we went through uh, fake news. We're going to do a fact check on that. Um, we we went through our top 30 games. So now we're going to go through the top 20 again. These are not ranked in a specific order except for our top two. We, we have assigned them uh, a gold star and silver star, if you will. So we're going to start um, with one of our top 20 games, and that is Overwatch. Wait, wait. Stop. Oh, okay. No, no. What's up, Ken? I had a request this time. Let's hear okay, it. do the request. What's your request? Uh, the request Ken? is instead of going all three per person, go across the line for our third pick, second pick, and then first pick, so that it ends up being like the last ones we talk about are our highest ranked games. Does um, that make sense? Like that's basically how we... it is. Okay, cool. Carry on. Stop the count. Stop. Stop. No. Oh, God. No, please. No, no, no. <laughs> You're going to break hey, down. Right? No, we had people editing right live last week. We allow we allow voting to go as long as it needs. Yeah, I believe that's in so democracy. true. We were editing it. <laughs> eagle sound. Oh, Jesus. All right. All sound. right. Well, where are we going with right, video games? Video games. So we got to talk about video games. Jeff, Am I starting? Anyone can start. We're talking about Overwatch. I don't have. Oh, is it Overwatch? Overwatch. (laughs) Whose pick was that? That was mine. That's why I said, am I starting? You elevated that from one of mine, right? That was one of mine. Yes, I did. Yes. Brittany, why don't you. It was one of your five. I bumped it up to. Wait, what? what? Why don't you you tell us? Yeah, what what is it so. What makes Overwatch so special? So, Overwatch is a special game. It is one of the few games that I've picked up simply because of the look alone. It is such a pretty game right out the gate. And there's so many like good characters to choose from. You got lots of females. You got different people of color. You got John looking confused over there. No, the, 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 the chat is being stupid. They don't know what they're talking about. Please continue. Okay. Um, 
<clears throat> so it's just a really fun game. Note. And sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry. Nope. Go ahead. Nope. The rudeness. Sorry. I keep losing my train. Sorry, I'm sorry. This is weird. I'm sitting right next to Derek, and I'm, it's weird. Please continue. Bruce. Who sorry. do you think is doing it? <laughs> All right. Anyway, so um, I like Overwatch a lot. It's one of the first games that I bought in a long time where I haven't sat and waited on it to see the reviews come out. I bought it right out day one. Um, and from day one, it's just been fun. And I've said this before, but I love it so much because it's just it's an easy accessible game, right? Like you can just hop right in. You don't have to wait. Um, and it's fun. Like my, my favorite FPS, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this used to be, um, Halo reach because it was so diverse. Um, I feel like, you know, you had the bubble, you, you had a lot of new mechanics for its time when reach came out. So when overwatch came out, it is is there is there feedback from me no that's there's um, so much shit going on okay so anyway so when on Derek's end. don't worry about it <laughs> so when overwatch came out um i played it a lot um grew to love it and then reach got re-released and i was super excited to go back and play it and i couldn't help but compare it to overwatch and i was like you know it just to me the multiplayer hasn't aged well because I feel like Overwatch is my favorite FPS multiplayer game now. It's just, it's super well balanced. You get a lot of diversity. Like, no matter what, like, you can, you can keep playing that game and keep playing different characters and it's almost a different experience every time. And that's what I love about it. That's what keeps you going and makes it so fun. Also, the achievements are super fun to get in that game. The trophies. And that's, nice. And the characters are fucking hot. Like, they're... Bisexual disaster zone. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Look at, look at, look at the baby. Look at baby mama. What is going on? Is what she... are you two doing? Oh, baby. that's how, yep. <laughs> there she is. She wanted to know if she could progress further into bug snacks, and I was giving her the A-OK. <laughs> don't talk don't about do, don't listen to what he says anyway. Even if he tells you no, do it. <laughs> no bug snack spoilers, please. So I was going to say, um, Overwatch is one of only a handful of games ever where I actually played the online multiplayer for more than like a couple days. Um, mm-hmm. And I played Overwatch pretty consistently for a couple of years. And then I only dropped out like to the point where I'd still log back in for all of the events. I just didn't play much in between. Um, I don't, I don't know. Something about the just the sheer degree of polish in that game, um, the 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 character designs and personalities just exude um, for just for just an FPS like they have yeah. banter back and forth. There's lore involved, you know. With each event, they they add a little bit more lore, and I know yeah. that's like one downside about Overwatch that people give it shit for is that it's it. There's no story. I want a story I, mode, and that's why yeah, I would love a story mode. But I think it's interesting that they added story bits into what they the content they've released. Yeah, like, if you give me lore, I'm in. Like, mm-hmm. I'm still a nerd. Um, right. But yeah, I I will also say I used to play um, almost exclusively mystery heroes, where you change characters every yeah. time you respawn. That's 
That's my kind of chaos, baby. That's it. That's the Overwatch experience. Is being they, 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 one minute quick, and then dying, yeah. and then suddenly being Roadhog, and then suddenly being May. That's it. Thankfully, they've added to arcade mode. That's where you get loot boxes. Um, they've added quick play, like classic quick play, so you can play whoever you want. So that's so you're not just trudging through mystery heroes for fucking loot boxes for hours. <laughs> the best mode. <laughs> The only it's bad great thing about mystery it's not heroes so is great when you keep getting it and losing though <laughs> so like i was never a big overwatch player but i i did play a little bit years ago and we were having a little podcast stream and this is before Derek or Brittany or um i i uh brandon was still with brandon was here we love you brandon um and we were a bunch of us were playing overwatch together and we were all winston the same thing and we were just running around going hello Yes. And yep. uh, hello. And then I, out of fucking nowhere, in the chat, this is back when we were streaming on YouTube. Yeah. Oh no. And and all of a sudden in the chat, know. a a YouTube user named Lord Harambe showed up. Of course. And said and and said and and we were winning. And he said, "Now make them remember Harambe." And I, out of nowhere, it's a dark period of of Overwatch's launch. Out of That's nowhere. Period of the two thousand. Like, what are the odds too? that we're all playing Winston? And some dude comes in and just is like, you know, make them remember Harambe. Named Lord Harambe. I'm out of this podcast. There's zero that's... You can't. You're literally stuck with the person who created the podcast. Yeah. It's too late. I'm right here. You're trapped in there with him, Derek. (laughs) Shit. It's the mafia. You don't get out. Mm -mm. Sorry. Nope. The only way out is if you're dead. But but yeah, so I, I have a deep appreciation for Overwatch. I know that like with anything modern Blizzard, there's a certain degree of disdain for it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because I think and there's just a certain reason. degree of disdain for Blizzard at this point. But I mean, like, you can't fault them for. I mean, they've given it a ton of support over the years. Overwatch like, is a, yeah. an iconic game of the generation. I mean, it inspired it so many service games. It was a rare example of a service game working right out the gate. And not needing to be fixed, like yeah, you know, absolutely. And they never charged for any of the new heroes and shit. Like that's still a big deal to me. Because I was like, that game, this game is like three times the size it was at launch, and I've paid zero dollars into it beyond the forty bucks I spent on it for day one. So I don't have a ton to say on it. Um, I didn't. It's like because I've talked about before. It's a multiplayer game, so I, I didn't stick with it. You know, I played it a little bit here and there. Um. But it, I, right off the bat, I have to give Blizzard shit for giving up on RTS games. I'm really mad that there's never going to be Warcraft 4, and they gave up on StarCraft. But hey, if people don't want it, and people don't play it, and people don't watch it, what can you do? Um, but, you know, the one thing about Blizzard games, uh, maybe Diablo 3 was a little controversial, is that um, I think they all have a personality. They have a really strong identity. Uh, they have a really strong art style, and just they, they feel confident, and they feel polished. And that's what I liked about Overwatch, even though... I didn't get super into it. I could immediately feel this energy and this the spirit of this game, um, and that really came through in just all the, the, yeah, like you guys said, the variety of characters and the the voice acting, and just the general aesthetic of the game. And the one thing I liked is I didn't play it that much, but like probably within my first few matches, I managed to like pull off a a special ability and just like take out five people at once. And I was like, play hey, cool, game. this is fun. Like I just started it. And I don't know what I'm doing, and I just did something cool. And that that's that's what if i do stick with a game that's the kind of reward that will 
make me try to get better when I have that immediate little bit of satisfaction. It's kind of like, okay, you did something right. Keep going. It's, it's really much harder to get into a game when you kind of just feel like you're just being beat into the ground from the start and you never have a chance. And I think Overwatch feels uh, uh, very accessible and that's, that's one of its strengths. Well, plus and, I would say that like, you know, you, you know, people give Blizzard a lot of shit, but Overwatch is kind of a, a watershed of the industry for representation. Yeah, um, I was just about to say that. That was going to be my last comment. Is yeah. it has? No, well, really Brittany, great I, I want to steal these under, please. No, I, I, that's the last thing I was going to say. Is it has great representation, not just with females, but they have. Um, Symmetra is an OCD character. Mm-hmm. Um, she's who, on the spectrum um, too. Yeah, she's right? on the yeah, spectrum. She, she has autism. She's on the spectrum. Um, you know, you have lots, lots of POCs. You have lots of black people in that game. You have lots of different races and if you are getting if you're getting if your biggest complaint when you release new characters is that it's too many female characters that's a plus in my book like like you because most of the shit you get is dudes so they kept releasing new female characters a lot and people were getting mad about it and i feel like if if you're making people mad because you're releasing too many female uh characters then you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. That's what I got. That's what I got on that. <laughs> yeah, yep. I got I, I got nothing else on Overwatch. Um, yeah. Not my kind of game, but I do appreciate what it's done uh, as far as forwarding, uh, you know, inclusion and diversity uh, in games. I feel like Overwatch is really the first game, one of the few games this generation to really make big strides in that area. Yeah. Shout out to Overwatch, but we're going to move on because we're currently on pace for a five-hour show. Shit. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's that's fine. It's just like some games only one person is going to talk about, right? But like a lot of us played Overwatch. And uh, thank so, you uh, to Thankrid in chat for the sub. Appreciate that. Um. So our next game up is Titanfall 2. Uh, All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take this one. It's a good game. Uh, because I'm pretty sure this is mine. One of mine, too. Uh, fuck, I love this game. Uh, this game is super, super fun. Um, it has everything basically that you could want from an FPS. There's an amazing campaign. The co-op mode is super fun. The multiplayer is excellent. Um, this was Respawn's first single player game that they did. Uh, the, the first game they did was the original Titanfall, which was only on Xbox and PC. This one uh, was a multi-platform game, and it had a full campaign. And, like, we haven't gotten too many of these, like, all-killer, no-filler FPS campaigns this generation. And then all of a sudden, Titanfall 2 drops, and it's basically that, but with way more variety than you would expect. It's almost like a Mario game (laughs) in some ways. Yeah, there's a lot Um, of platforming to it. And you're, like, you know, running super fast, wall-jumping, double-jumping, um taking zip lines up and down really cool weapons and you have a giant robot best friend and bt is my friend and i no, miss him friend. and i want bt to come back um bt and, actually uh, stands for best titanfall <laughs> but oh yeah God. also this game is like five dollars regularly so if you don't have it Throw them five dollars, and maybe we can actually get a Titanfall three. Yeah, play this um, fucking campaign, y'all. It's so good. Can I, I can I just say that Titanfall two has one of the best overall stages 
uh, in uh, that I experienced. One of the best gameplay segments that I've experienced this entire generation is the stage it's with the, the um, campaign level of, with the, of any shooter. What's that? Best campaign stage of any shooter this gen. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and it was affecting uh, with, cause uh, uh, with the time travel and, yeah. the, and the portals and yeah, so that was cool. that that to this day I I still think about like that There's... like and how well it used. Uh, that mechanic, you know, in combination with the wall running and the wall jumping was, it, it wasn't so a very good. long level, but it was still one of the coolest things I experienced this gen. It was a and Valve like, level good game design. Yeah. Like it, it reminded me of the best elements of like Portal 2 or Half-Life 2. I mean, it was just. I got to come out like, with the spice. I'm sorry. I got to come out with the spice. Oh no. Um, I, Titanfall 2 is a very good game. Um, it's very well designed. It's a perfect length. It's very polished. I just, I liked it, but I, none of it really stuck with me. I didn't like the aesthetic. I That's just felt spicy. it was very That's generic. Fair. I didn't, I felt it was very, that same generic kind of quasi futuristic look that we get in, um, in a lot of games. And a lot of it was not the game's fault. I just think, uh, I spent two years hearing about how it was the greatest first person shooter and i normally don't let this like stuff get to me but um especially effect and cause that that particular level i just think it was it was unfair that it it couldn't live up to kind of how it had been built up for me um but definitely like the, the game is very good i just i i don't when i think back on it i don't remember any of the levels really i don't really remember any specific moments so uh, i don't know that that's just my take on it. a very good game but like mm, well i don't know i played it through five six times so i'm gonna disagree with you on that one Jeff. totally fair you do you man you do you hey so i guess it's safe yes, to fair. say that to jeff titan fell short stop no shut up silence no silence no, no you're not allowed to post that in chat and say it on stream i did both you can't stop me Finn, you posted in the chat and on stream. That's two out of three strikes at once. You only got one more, buddy. I will say Titanfall, another another strong uh, moment. Don't worry. I'm going to be doing both. Another strong moment for me in Titanfall 2, aside from effect and cause, which is the level everyone always remembers with the time switching mechanic. Um, there's a level uh, where you spend a great deal of time in the sewers, and you have to defend an area from wave after wave of enemies. Oh, and I actually hated that. And these weird spider mine things that crawl after you yeah. while you wait for the door to open. And that is, I think, the point in the game where I, I the, the mobility and aiming most clicked with me. And remember, I'm playing on PC where we're like the the mouse Ooh. no i'm just saying that <laughs> it is playing a a high mobility fps on a controller versus on a mouse and keyboard is a very different experience and a level that tricky mm -hmm. when you grasp the mobility and you're like wall run jump up 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 all around this big area like that was the moment where i was like oh you know it was it was just it was so fucking good i that and like the doom games are the peak of of FPS for this whole generation to me. I would I would I would agree with and that. Titanfall um is also just most improved sequel because Titanfall one was like you know how you gonna make how you gonna make a sixty dollar game with no campaign that lives that short of life. Drop a Titan on it. Yeah, it's bad. If only if only this game hadn't released between Battlefield and Call of Duty that fall. That was a and it might have yeah. actually EA done that game to die decently. Which yeah. which sucks because the, multi, but, the 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 online multiplayer is by far the best first person multiplayer this entire generation. It's not even a contest. 
And I it's, think the first game attaching its exclusivity to the Xbox One really hurt. Um, it, it, yeah. it kind of got in bed with the Xbox crowd, which is fine, but that was small and the word of mouth didn't build. And I think um, place, a lot of PlayStation users maybe had written it off at that point. And yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. And like also just... Hopefully, Apex Legends is a Titanfall spinoff. Um, it takes place in the same universe. A lot of the weapons carry over, and you know the basic control feel is the same. Not the same level of mobility and no gi- giant robots or anything, but it is in the Titanfall universe. Um, and so I'm really hoping maybe that can get leveraged into getting more people to check out Titanfall 2 um, and maybe eventually get us a Titanfall 3 because I think it's a really special series that deserves to live on. What do we got next? Uh, we got Divinity Original Sin 2. Good choice. I have choice. nothing to say about this because I haven't even played it. Fuck this game. Wow, that's strong. <laughs> yeah, That's powerful. Okay. All right. Uh, so that was Derek obviously didn't Sin have a 2. good experience with it. This is me. So Divinity Original Sin 2 is probably my favorite uh, gaming experience this entire gen with friends. Uh, usually I gravitate more towards um single player experiences but i played this game with three of my friends from back home in new orleans uh and we played through the entire game as a four-player co-op session and it was a ridiculous clusterfuck of of fun and shenanigans and just trolling each other because the way the game systems all interplay with each other if you think you can do it you probably can uh i played as a water uh mage and I, I would love to just go and cast rain on everything just so that I could then either freeze or electrocute everything in my path. And my friends would always be trying to like rogue his way and stealth his way through things. And I'm like, nah, I'm actually going to trigger everything because I accidentally cast rain on everybody and our aggroed everyone. And you would just hear randomly because you can go off on your own. It doesn't matter. You don't have to stay together. We would all be exploring. All of a sudden, you would just hear someone on the mic go, ah, fuck. And we're like, oh, no. And you would would be like, this person entered combat. And you're like, oh, no. And then you got to run. But I love it because even if they're in combat, they can literally just wait because it's turn-based. And the rest of you, if you're not in combat, still have free reign. So you can position yourself and situate and get things ready. The amount of opportunities and freedom this game allows is is something i usually don't like in my games but i loved the ways you could do quests there was so many different ways around things and with four people throwing ideas and off the wall and seeing what sticks like we loved it so much the same four of us are this is why we chose this game to be our uh, extra life charity game we're gonna replay it uh, all new characters, but let chat decide every option for us. Oh, God. And I know it's going <laughs> to be terrible, and I cannot wait. It's going to be so bad. But it's, I had so much fun crafting my character and having all my friends craft theirs. And we try and figure out all these puzzles and combat encounters. And everything about Divinity was just phenomenal. And it 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 is the sole reason I never really played or enjoyed the first two Baldur's Gate games, but. Baldur's Gate 3 is now like one of my most anticipated games to come out of early access because of the strength of Divinity Original Sin 2. Boom. So the game connected with a lot of people, clearly. Like I know, I know I have a strong negative reaction to this game, 
but I recognize. Isn't it because Martha killed everybody? Me and Martha, like, this almost broke my relationship apart. All right. Oh in this game co-op. It was a bad time. Um, also, the game, I tried to help a dog, and the dog was mortally offended, and I had to kill the dog. That's not a great time. Um, but Ghost dog? I, yeah, no, just a dog on a beach. I tried to feed him, and he got mad at me because it was a people part. And I was like, it's the only meat I have come across to feed you. I have no reason. How do you recognize it? Like, I don't, blah, 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 blah. And, and then he <laughs> needed to kill me and I needed to kill him. Look, the original sin is, is it's to me, it is like the ultimate open ended. You want to do that? <laughs> Fine. Kind of RPG. And like, that's going to appeal a lot to people that like, if you can think of it, like you said, Finn, you can probably do it. But it also means that like, if you come in with conventional RPG logic, you are going to fuck up so bad, so repeatedly. And the difficulty curve is brutal. I didn't feel that way. Maybe it's because with four people, I don't know, but like, cause my guy could summon these little imps yeah, or, and, uh, and also totems. And depending on the type of ground you summon them on, they had different elemental properties. So half the fun was me, casting something on the ground to change the elemental property like if we knew there was a bunch of highly mobile rogues or something i would pull up a totem or a golem on oil and then i would be able to slow them down while at the same time allowing my friend's polymorph character to fly over to him and then dragon breath and combust them into flames and it was just that's the kind of cool shit that i just loved I also, I admit that, like, again, the person I got to play the game with was Martha, and Martha's Mar Martha and I are very different RPG players. Uh, Martha solves most of her problems with murder, um, and she is a hoarder, like a major hoarder in video games. <laughs> oh, is that worth one gold coin, even though it's 10 pounds? I'm going to pick that up. You know, and then when my pack is is at limit every five minutes, I'm going to take the 15 minute trek to the merchant <laughs> to sell everything for 13 gold. So then get it like that's that's and she has all kinds of fun with that. And I hate it because I feel so, so held down. So we're just we're very diametrically opposed types of players. Um, and it's not a good team dynamic for a game like Original Sin 2, which absolutely lets you fuck each other over and hold each other back. <laughs> So you so, just need someone that that is a rogue and can steal everything, and then it doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about gold because you're just stealing from every single uh, vendor. You're stealing everything you would have bought anyway, and then you're stealing all their gold. And the suddenly, you... is really the main problem. But uh, so I tried to play this game by myself, and what I'm, what I kind of <laughs> knew, and what I'm learning now, uh, is that I um I'm just too stupid for this game. I'm sorry, like I. <laughs> Uh, my my experience with the game was like spending an hour in the same area just trying to figure out what to do next to progress and then kind of figuring it out and then doing the same thing so after 10 hours i had like 30 minutes of progress um and like you said i respect the open-endedness and but it, uh it felt a little too obtuse for me um so i mean it's what it is it's just not a game for me and that's fine but i respect it it, I mean, it did it did not catch on with as many people as it did for no reason. Like, mm -hmm. so I have my issues. Doing something right. But I recognize, like, it may be a divisive game to some degree, but the people who like this game love it to death. And Look, that's a big I'm, deal. All I'm going to finish off with is uh, I still can't believe it's a Kickstarter back game. It's probably one of the mm -hmm. top, like, three Kickstarter games 
right right up there with like Shovel Knight and I don't know something else, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 awesome. Like the game was so good. Dungeons and Dragons were like, here's the Baldur's Gate license. I just I just want to check in with John. He looks like he's cocooned. Well, John, John okay? just drove like a gajillion hours. Why don't you pick John's game so he can talk and oh, wake sorry, up? Sorry, we're talking about Divinity, and I uh, just kind of passed out. <laughs> oh, we're about to talk about a much worse RPG. I think Jeff, why don't we talk about queuing that Traveler. joke up for a while? Actually, <laughs> uh, we're going to stick with the order we have. I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad we started. I'm glad we stopped with Divinity because my arms were really falling asleep, and I'm like, oh god, I can't do this much longer. Oh, <laughs> uh, convincing. Uh, was it really? Yeah. It was very. Like, you were tired. No, the whole time, the whole time, I'm like, oh, God, this hurts. <laughs> you look uh, like a little smooth sleeper. I do think the next game is Derek's, but I know Derek had a lot to say about Divinity as well, so I'm just going to pull an audible here, and we're going to switch. Um, so the next game is actually mine, but I want to hear John's take on it first, because this game is called The Witcher 3. Yeah. And I would like John to kick us off. John, we just want your honest, unfiltered thoughts, buddy. So I think The Witcher 3 is the most overrated game mm-hmm. this generation. I like spicy takes. I don't think it controls well. I think the I think the UI and menu is absolute <laughs> garbage. Um I trying to control Fair. trying to control Geralt. When he is on Roach, he's going to bring up peanut butter. No, 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 no. It's like trying to control an excitable two-year-old after they've, after they've snorted a line of quick. Like that's, that, that's what it's like trying to control that fucking horse. And Geralt, I'm sorry, you don't turn. When Geralt turns, like normal human beings, they just turn. They just turn. They just turn. Geralt Turns into oh. Is his name Geralt? I agree, Twiggy. I agree. It's nonsense. <laughs> Twig- uh, Twiggy is barking at your terribleness. I will say this. I will say this. The Bloody Baron quest is the best side quest this generation. The Bloody Baron side quest has a narrative that rivals some full games. And the voice acting also, is top Also some of the best DLC of this generation. And Blood I went and around wine. for a week making uh, Axie symbols at people and they had no fucking idea what was happening. Like that's the best thing I can. I think say that one's on you. I think I think that one's on you. I don't think that one's on the game. I didn't play Witcher three, so I don't. Have I'm walking a... around to people like I haven't played the last three games, so it's really interesting just to sit back and let the boys go at it. <laughs> I, I I just I think it was massively, massively, massively overrated. I yeah, and I put I mean, thirty five. I made it all the way to Care Morin, so I feel like my I did my you time. Gave it a fair shake, man. You gave it a fair shake, so yeah. It's 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 your breath of the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the yeah, chat's they, like you're overrated. You know what, man? <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> Chat, chat's on the right side of history between Witcher and and uh, Sunset Overdrive. Chat's got your number, John. I am not overrated. Um, you know, I, I'm actually honestly more interested in your guys' opinions uh, on on these games than my own because I, I know how I feel about them. But you know, I'll, I know how I re- feel about it. Real quickly. Um, John, I, I think you're right. Even though I love the game, even though I put the game on this list, uh, the controls are not great. Like, I don't blame you for bailing out because I had all those same issues with it. Uh, I just think when it comes to a game and, like, the flaws and the, the good things, there's always going to be the question of does one way or the other. And just for me, I think the 
atmosphere and the writing and all that stuff. Um, again, because everyone, you, most of you probably know that's why I play games, and I just got completely sucked into that world, despite not having played the first two games, despite being very unfamiliar um, with the game. But uh, yeah, no, I, those are all valid criticisms. But for me, the, the reason I put it on the list is in the end, um, it had some of the, the way that almost every quest tied in with another one or with the main story thread, there wasn't that clear divide of like, okay, this is a main quest because it's like a 9 out of 10, and this is clearly a side quest because it's a 1 out of 10. They, they found a little bit better balance between that stuff, and for better or worse, um, I feel like it redefined what an RPG could be, and it raised the bar um, that a lot of the other ones are held to. So, I don't know. That's... So that's my quick so, take. So I will say this, this real quick. One, one more thing. One more thing. Real quick. One more thing about Witcher Three. Mm. It's uh, a, the dialogue is mostly choice based, kind of like man. You know, you know, it's a branching dialogue. It has the best dialogue choice of any game I've ever played. Near the beginning, when you're like, you just got done sleeping with some sorcerers because that's what Geralt does. Um, and one of the choices, and when she was like, you know, you know, she's talking like she's she's like insulting him or something. And one of the choices is, I can't believe we fucked. And and I was like, you know what that. That is, uh, wow. That's, uh, there you go. That definitely is a choice. Please somebody take the discussion of this game away from John. All right. I'm going to jump in because John can't be trusted to have good opinions. So the Witcher three, I played diametrically opposed to the way John played, which is the proper way. Um, I played on death March difficulty, which completely changed the combat for the better because you had to do everything. Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry. Real Mr. gamer Dark alert. Souls. Real gamer. Let's, let's just calm down and let big boys talk. Uh, so you had to use like all the oils and oh, use the, the, the correct swords on the enemies. And you had to actually play the combat like because every even the smallest fights could just fuck you up. And I think that really changed the way I appreciated the game because it, it was fun playing a game where every mo it, any encounter, no matter how small, could just wreck my shit. And between that and uh, Gwent, Gwent is a huge part of why I love this game. Gwent is right up there with Triple Triad as one of my favorite uh, card mini games in, in RPG as a whole. Like so good that we, uh, Saki and I played the standalone Gwent game uh, extensively for like a year. <laughs> she just yelled. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> like the Witcher was, uh, and I, I mentioned it earlier, it has some of the best expansions of any game this generation. Uh, Heart of Stone and Blood and Wine are phenomenal and were what DLC should be for an RPG. Like I compare that to like FF15's episodes and it's just the content on offer is just weak sauce comparatively. Not to I'm not saying the quality of it. I'm talking about the quantity merged with quality. Uh because I know John was about to jump in and like, but Arden. Uh so No. I'm not even paying I, I attention look. really because so it's I, Witcher 3 and I don't care. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, uh John uh is famously against Witcher the way I am famously anti Breath of the Wild. And it's it's <laughs> part of our charm. It's why our relationship works. It's okay. But Witcher I think is incredible. Like I think the problem I have is that Witcher is so good that that everything they've done with Cyberpunk makes it hurt more. Because it's like, come on, guys! How could you? I mean, I mean, they, I mean, they were the same. I mean, CD Projekt Red has never been great about that stuff. It had, but, but it, the fact that at least with Witcher, they didn't even try to be inclusive. Like it, it wasn't even thought about, so it wasn't as blatantly awful. 
Like, if you're going to try, you can't, if you're going to suck, so you, I'm getting off track. Point is, Cyberpunk is nowhere near gotten me as excited as Witcher did. Like, the Witcher series as a whole, <clears throat> I have built computers based solely on the Witcher series. My first computer was built to play Witcher 1. My first upgrade was for Witcher 2. And my current computer was built for Witcher 3. So I just, I let that say what it will, but I really enjoyed The Witcher. I will say I think uh, it's too yeah, long. So that... Sorry, go ahead, Justin. That's, that's all I was going to add. Uh, yeah, a lot. You guys said a lot of what I wanted to say, but like, I um, I hadn't played any Witcher games before, and like, this game does a really good job of introducing you to the world and characters. And like, by the end, I still felt like I had gone on this whole journey with them, like even even if I hadn't been there the whole time which is really rare for me to do. I usually am like, oh, I got to play all the old ones first. But, um, you know, I didn't have a way of doing that with this Witcher series. But there's also one thing that really stood out to me, and it's like the stuff that impacts which ending you get a lot of times actually sometimes seemed like minor moments um, that were con conversations. And, like, it's more based off of how you treat certain characters than, oh, here's a big plot point. What are you going to do um, kind of thing? And there's this, the ending I got was far and away what I thought was the perfect ending for, you know, how I played it. And it was re it was really, really cool when it showed like the flashback of how I had, you know, gotten to that point. Um and like that, that that was something that really really stuck with me the way few RPGs do because it was just me treating a character, you know, the way I wanted to treat them, and that ended up being why I got a perfect ending, which was awesome. So I don't know. I thought Witcher Three is a really really cool game. I could probably talk it about talk about it at length, but um, yeah, it was just a super cool experience. And yeah, I'm also bummed out that cyberpunk just looks really unappealing <laughs> uh, especially after how much i enjoyed um witcher 3 all right what we got next uh next up is monster hunter world oh, this one God. is Derek's. yet another what? one i don't have a whole lot to say about <laughs> yes um i have lots to about say that? about it and it's oh. not great Ooh. now oh. hang on here's my question is this is somebody who has played other monster hunter games and prefers them or somebody who tried to get into the brand new Brand, brand new. new okay so here's my here I, here's what i'll say about monster hunter here's here i am a longtime monster hunter fan i actually started with the original on ps2 um and i love the series i'm used to its eccentricities and world is um not necessarily the best the franchise has ever been um Iceborne did a lot to add a lot of what was missing uh for you know and i think we should include the Iceborne DLC is a part of that, right? You want to look at the complete package of Monster Hunter World. Um, but I mean it was it was gorgeous. It got rid of a lot of the a lot of the stupidest bullshit about Monster Hunter um to make it something much more mainstream and approachable, mm -hmm. while still not totally fixing that, admittedly. Um I know that there are some frustrations a lot of people have with it as a service game where like you finish the campaign and there's not a whole lot to do outside of the same hunts over and over again. Well, didn't didn't classic Monster Hunter fans have like issues with the UI too and like some of the design choices like gameplay wise? Like because I, so, I know Nick had big problems with World. So a lot a lot of what I hear complaint wise from classic Monster Hunter fans is the game is admittedly kind of drab. 
aesthetically. Monster Hunter is usually, historically, it's been all over the place, but the last couple of generations of games, it's been a very colorful series. Weapon and armor designs are very big and colorful and weird and out there. Um, and World has a, a bit more of a toned down aesthetic in terms of like the outfits, the weapons, even just the color palette. Um, but I mean, like gameplay wise, like the combat is, is the best Monster Hunter has ever been. Um, you know, it's... Yeah, I was actually thinking about firing up Monster Hunter Generations tonight before I go to bed. Yeah. Like, on my Switch. I like Generations. Um, but, I mean, like I said, World World just... It, it it trims a lot of the fat. It gets rid of a lot of the stupid shit. Um, and... No. It, and not, not all of it. Not all of it. There's a certain amount of dumb that I think is inherent to Monster Hunter. I remember matchmaking being a problem in the beginning. It's, yes. It's, yes. Um, it, I think my biggest, if you want, if you want my big complaint, my one thing that I think holds it back from, from true greatness is it, it is a very multiplayer oriented game. And if you want to start playing this game, you and a friend, both getting into monster hunter, multiple of you getting into monster hunter, wanting to play together, a matchmaking's kind of shitty and B um, trying to uh, only one person, I'm trying to think how to put this. You can't do a multiplayer version of a story mission until you've already seen the in mission cutscenes. Um, so what ends up happening is everybody starts the mission at once, finds the monster and sees the cutscene, and then quits and then has to start the, the multiplayer version of the mission together. A lot of dumb shit like that, that makes it kind of a pain in the ass to play through it for the first time as a group. Um, that's stuff that needs to get fixed in future entries. But Monster Hunter World is is it's it's Capcom's best selling game ever, right? Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, like, and that didn't happen by accident. It didn't introduce Monster Hunter to such a wide audience uh, by accident. It, it it needs work to go, but this took one of the most beloved cult franchises in gaming and brought it to a mass audience without really sacrificing what made the games good. It is yeah, it introduced a couple new snags in the attempt to be bigger than it is. Counterpoint, Brittany. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, like I said, I, I was new to, to the series. I'm going to be super harsh. I did not like this game. I hated it. I thought it was like, it's one of the worst games I've played <laughs> in a long time. So it starts out. You can actually see in a minute that Derek's heart breaks in half. You get this great character creation. All right. I spent so long in it. The character creation is like my favorite thing in games. And then you get in the game and your character looks nothing like it in, in character creator nothing and i'm like why why did i spend so long doing this so that's that's one of the big gripes second gripe is the story thing so zach and i zach is my spouse we bought this together because we wanted to play together both of us have never played monster hunter together and once we found out that you have to play the mission in order to play the mission. We were doing two times the work and that's yeah. what we were doing. One of us would go do the mission and then like, we just keep going. And between that and how long it takes to fight fucking monsters, it was an actual nightmare. That's like strong. it took us way longer to do shit than it should have. Um, my quitting point 
in the game. I I don't like super difficult games. I'm not a fan of Bloodborne, Demon Souls. Like I'm not I'm not that kind of person. And I wouldn't say Monster Hunter is up there, but it's definitely one of the more like you can't just hack and slash. You have to cook meat. Like you keep dying. You keep running back. You have to find the enemy. You got to track it. Like my I, my my breaking point in the game was I was fighting this dinosaur i don't know monster i guess what it, whatever they are oh yeah so i was fighting one and i got it down to like no health and i ran out of time and it respawned and okay, I, I will say that's health. a pain in the ass right there for real i ran out of time and it got minutes in a mission no I mean, Brittany makes a i point. am not i didn't never claim to be a good gamer derek first off to be fair look monster, Second. Hunter, monster hunter is divisive as a franchise i mean there are mm-hmm. people who are going to start playing it and it's not going to work for them um and i think even if we got rid of like i think me and you agree that the the structure of playing the campaign multiplayer is a fucking pain in the ass right. that did and not i don't that. mind i don't mind a grind i don't mind difficulty as long like i w- i probably would have enjoyed the game if we could have if i could have experienced it with friends together yeah but the fact that you have to go and do it and then the grinding like just the constant grinding and grinding and grinding i just i wasn't a huge fan of it i would rather just go play final fantasy 14 if i'm gonna spend that much time yeah. in a video game so, so like i said i i think even if a lot of that stuff was fixed i don't know i mean like if you don't like stuff like dark souls demon souls like it is this is it's that same degree of like it kind of wants to demand like not perfection from you but it's 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 involved combat and it's it's slow mm-hmm. and it wants you to think and if you fuck up it's gonna punish you and right you're either into that or you're not um and there's not a right answer to that so you know that's that's perfectly understandable i think it's interesting that everyone is looking at monster hunter rise and everything that people are excited for about monster hunter rise is like wow it's everything that was good about monster hunter world except for the one or two things we didn't like like and and but i think that also in a way says speaks to how (coughs) well put together monster hunter world was for the franchise and to most people that rise is basically going like hey it's that but a little hopefully well it's not going to make any more goddamn sense it's going to be online on a nintendo system so Mm -hmm. uh, get ready for that to not fucking work but you know i mean it's i I think there's no denying that it's one of the most impactful games this generation oh absolutely and you know when i quit i i quit knowing it wasn't a game for me and i didn't have any negative feelings towards the people who did it so i i just know it's not a game for me uh so this was my introduction to the franchise and I loved it. Um, I, it was very hard for the first few hunts for me. Uh, it's, it's not an easy game to jump into. The controls are different. The way it flows is different. Um, there's a whole lot of systems that you have to learn, but like, this is one of those games that when it clicks, it clicks. And like within the first couple weeks, I, I, had put like a hundred hours into this game after it released. Um, and I had never played a monster hunter before it like had just really taken over. Like the way that the, the, that, you know, grinding out the materials that you need for items, um, starts to go. And like, as you build your strategies for individual monsters, like there's some that, you know, just completely kick your ass the first time you get there and you feel like you're banging your head against the wall. Then you finally beat them and it's satisfying. And then after that, 
you try their hunt again because you want to get more pieces to build up the armor or weapon that you want that you want um and then like you end up take taking them on later and you can just tear through them um and it's just it's just such a satisfying core loop um uh, i i i just like I don't have a ton like really in-depth stuff to say on it because I'm not, you know, super familiar with the franchise, but um it was just a super cool unique game for me and I I really really dug it and I I'm excited to see um where the series goes um from here because I think this is a really really good step for it and I think it really cemented um, the series is an international success, not for so long, like there had been this narrative of this is, you know, something only Japan cares about. Um, and I think, you know, this kind of shows that, hey, these kind of games can have, you know, worldwide appeal. And I really do want to see where this goes from here, because um, World was an awesome, awesome move. I will also say that the just as a final note that some of the end game like end game and post game biggest fights in Iceborne are, I, I would rank up there with like some of the best raids in gaming period. I mean like the Fatalis fight, which is like the last fight they added to the game period is <sighs> some shit. So monster hunter. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll go real quick. Um, I played the Wii U one, Monster Hunter Three Ultimate, I think, um, I and I didn't know, I didn't know it was a port of like a 3DS game. So my initial impressions were like, "Wow, this looks like ass," and I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> so when I hear that Monster Hunter World looks drab, I'm like, "What the fuck are you smoking? Like this game looks fucking amazing. It finally looks like a modern game." <laughs> so I, I meant in terms of the color palette, not yeah, like. I that but like that whatever like all the rest of the amazing animations and the life yeah. in the world like fuck that whatever that trumps the color palette for me um but yeah no i it, it definitely has some obtuse stuff but uh it was basically my entry point to the series for all intents and purposes and um i beat the game and i bought iceborne i only got a little bit into it but yeah i thought it was uh a good mix of like some really hardcore design but also accessible enough that someone like me um could actually pick it up and play it. I mean, I'm not good at games, and I managed to to get through it. I also didn't play with any friends. I just played solo, and I did random SOS flares and stuff. So I did not have any of the matchmaking issues and the the weird quirks that, that other people ran into. And again, just different experience with the game. That's all. Um, do we miss anyone, or are we moving on? Yeah, where are we at on time right now? Uh, it's nine twenty. We're about forty five minutes an hour in. And... Okay. We yeah. Pick, well, no, I was, I, I was just like, how many more games do we have left? I want to make sure that we're doing have like a five hour podcast. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot left. <laughs> we got to move. We got to move. All right, let's roll. John, uh, I think this is your pick. We got Octopath Traveler on the list. Yep. Shocker at JRPG. <laughs> I know, right? It's really weird. It's so unlikely. Believe it. It's, you know, I, it, I waffled between that and, uh, and Call of Duty uh, re- uh, remake, but you know. You know me, me and Call of Duty games. Um, no, Octopath Traveler for me was basically, and I'll, I'll make this short. Uh, Octopath Traveler for me was basically chicken soup. Um, it was a, uh, you know, it's it's been a weird, uh, it's been a weird past several years, and honestly, it, it visually really evoked those old school Super Nintendo JRPGs for me, only in a beautiful, 
basically pop-up book aesthetic. To me, it's the most beautiful game this gen, hands down, um, just because of the way it's got the, some of the most beautiful detailed sprite work I've ever seen. A lot of, there was a lot of consternation about how the stories were kind of self-isolated and never really wove together, and I get that. But the narratives that were there were really good and really fleshed out. And everything did. There's an optional final boss where everything does tie together. Um, you know, it's you don't have to do it. Um, but but if you do do it, you will see how everything actually does tie together. Um, and, uh, you know, from visual effects to story to voices and the music. we got to talk about the music in Octopath Traveler because it's very good. it is some of the, especially the, uh, the, the boss themes. Um, then the way each of those individual character themes kind of kind of leads into this big epic boss theme. Uh, it had some of the best boss battle intros I've ever seen in any JRPG, just because the music and the the, the mood really sets everything up. Uh, and it's a big ass fucking game too. Like I ended up dropping 120 hours into it. Um, like that, and that's one playthrough. Like it is a massive fucking game. Uh, there's a lot to do, a lot to see, and I just, I just really loved it. Um, combat system was great. It was everything I loved about, Bra- about Bravely Default's combat system, with a few of the things I, I don't like. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I mean, this game was basically made for me. So, yeah. yeah, literally made for me. And so, yeah, fantastic game. Finn, Finn uh, why are you raising your hand? Just talk. <laughs> What's up, Finn? I just want to say the best thing about Octopath Traveler is just the I even the idea of the possibility of a Final Fantasy VI remake in that style. Oh, uh, just just the idea the, that gets me hard. The the visual style of this game, like I haven't actually played it, but I've I've seen a lot of videos of it, and the visual style is so is such a brilliant con- like just like conceptually, it's really cool, and it's executed so well with the combination of like sixteen bit sprites Seeing with like modern effects on top. For the first time, um, it, it's it's super cool. It's super unique, and it and it completely hits the nostalgic tone that it wanted to get while also seeming new and modern, which I think, which I think is very cool. And I think it goes a really long way into why, um, you know, a lot of people got really excited about this game. Brittany, did you play Octopath Traveler? Oh, you're missing out. You need to, I'll send you my copy. You have to play this game. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Uh. I've heard good things. (laughs) I've got nothing bad to say about it. I mean, it's, it's like, it's weird because I like it. I'm, 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 I'm more than lukewarm, but I didn't like. I wasn't like, oh, like I think it's it's aesthetically a very pretty game. It was very very cool to play something that was, in in many essences, just a Super Nintendo JRPG, but like very modern and pretty in a very unique way, as opposed to a lot. There, I mean, there are plenty of of indie Super Nintendo style JRPGs that get made nowadays that are that you could almost feel like you could slap them on a super Nintendo cartridge and Octopath really finds a way to update its, its presentation and its music and its lighting and particle effects and stuff like that. Um, it's cool. It's, it's unique. I, I love that game. So I'm, I'm probably never going to revisit it, but I'm not going to forget it either. Oh, I love that game. So That's which all I game has, which, I want to be mindful game- of time. John, which game has the more grating uh, accents, Octopath or Dragon Quest Eleven? Oof. Oh God, Oof, no, no, you. no, no! Trials of Mana Remake has the most grating accents. Well, there we what go. What are you talking about, okay. John? I don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> Gawick. We've got to move on to the next game. 
All right, yeah. we're on to the, the second <laughs> okay. round of games. I, I was just going to quickly say I didn't care for Octopath, but I'm glad you guys loved it. That's Thanks, all. Jeff. Um, next game is uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it's it not is. That's not what the. Uh, this is my pick. Finn. And I'm going to go really quick. I want to hear Brittany. I want to hear Brittany's thoughts. I have a lot of great things to say about it. This was my pick. Um, Animal Crossing came out at the beginning of a pandemic, as we all know. And the, the best thing about it was it's, it's, it's what we needed at that moment, right? Like. I don't want to say, like, obviously Nintendo didn't plan it this way, but it came out at the perfect fucking time. It really did. I think um, the gameplay is what we needed. It was just, it's, and I've said this before, but Animal Crossing is just such a wonderful, accessible game to just hop right into. Um, different than Overwatch. Uh, it's just a game you go in, you plant some flowers, you make some friends, you go island hopping. Um, it's... It's just it's it's a wonderful fucking game and I think it's really important because not only did it bring friends together and you know a lot of people have been saying they've been more active and hanging out more because of Animal Crossing but a, and the reason why I put it as one of my top 5 other than I I put like 400 hours into the game. I fucking love it. Like I I it's just it's amazing but the big thing that was impactful to me is so many brands and celebrities have used it to promote shit. Like Joe Biden had an island. I had fucking ads for, um, I don't know, like tampons or something on Twitter. Like so many big companies have seen the impact of Animal Crossing and have capitalized on that during a pandemic when they can't quite film and do shit. Um, and I think it's it's just a fun, cute, feel-good game, and it's something we all needed this year. I still play it. I still love all the events, except for the fucking rabbit in the Easter event. Yeah, fuck that. Um, I, just, I just think it's a great game, and it's really important to this year, um, emotionally and brand-wise. brand, brand wise, So that's why I threw it up there. Brittany, do you think... Um, I know you would have loved the game regardless, but I've often said that it's not sometimes so much the things that we love, but the the period of our lives that we experience when they, when they kind of come along. Um, do you feel like if we hadn't been going through everything we were right now, that you would have felt as strongly about the game as you do? It's hard to say because I had so much time to put animal, animal crossing because of quarantine. I don't know if I would have gotten as invested. I don't know if I would have, because there was a time where I got burnt out. As soon as I unlocked terraforming, I got burnt out. And I was like, so many people are making these incredible islands. Like I'm, I'm never going to be able to do that. So I stopped playing for a little bit and then I was able to hop back in because I had nothing better to do. So it's, it's hard to say, like I, I, I was going to love it regardless. Would I have put as many hours into it? I don't know. I've kind of stopped putting so much energy into it now that I've, you know, started back working full time, got a new job and everything. So it, it's hard to say, but I still really just love the game. It's become, it's become one of those games. It's not, it's not really a coping mechanism anymore so much as it is. Ah, I'm going to pop, pump a few hours into animal crossing this week. Right, exactly, right. and it's just like you, you know, it's hopping back in, talking to friends, see what's happening. Like, love it or hate it, you have to just agree that Nintendo could not have gotten any luckier with circumstances. Not saying it's good that COVID happened, but for Animal no, Crossing, it was the perfect storm of scenario and Absolutely. circumstance that turned a game that 
gave everyone a desperate outlet of wholesomeness and just escape at a time when everything was at its peak craziness. Plus, it's already and sold. What, no one could really predict that when like Nintendo that? delayed it from it November. It sold to out March, switches like, like that alone. Like it's yeah, sold for months. For yeah. months. Like it's it's just it's it's it needed to be up here, regardless how you feel about the game. It's such an important game of this generation. Well, I mean, if Animal Crossing, if the if that this, franchise wasn't in Nintendo's top three most important, it is now. So, yeah. so Finn, what you're this saying, is one of those. Go go ahead, Derek. Okay. I can say, so Finn, what you're saying is Nintendo invented COVID to sell copies of Animal Crossing uh, in, uh, order yeah, to make, in order to make my girlfriend put 600 hours into Animal Crossing this year this is true. so that I couldn't introduce her to any other video games. I'm just saying QAnon has an AN in it, and Animal Crossing starts with an fiance. AN. Wake up, sheeple. Oh, God. Still getting used to saying fiance. Anyway. <laughs> um, this is one I, of those games that, like, it, I oh. I can tell it's not my thing, but like just seeing every single like all my friends that love love it just be so like happy with it, and like I love seeing everybody's updates and stuff from their stuff. Like it's not something I would think I would really like to play myself, but and that was um, a big part of quarantine was just like yeah looking at everybody else's screenshots and seeing yeah. how like that was really important was seeing how happy this game yeah. made other people like just see just seeing like my friends having a good time and like <laughs> posting funny stuff on twitter was like a highlight of you know while Absolutely. i was like stuck in my house by myself even if i wasn't playing the game the launch of animal crossing <laughs> will be like one of the only highlights of this year no if I'm sorry. Now I've just got this image of Tom Nook being like, you know, be honorable, build a civilization, crush the snakes between your feet. Putting Get behind me, Satan. They're putting chemicals on the island. Turn the friggin' villagers gay. Finn got something to say. Finn. Just wanted to point out that uh, I had a really fun goof plan, but Jeff messed it up by not looking at the official sheet. Last week during the show, I replaced Animal Crossing with Dragon Ball Fighters <gasps> on Twitter. And I wanted Jeff to be like, and next up we have Dragon Ball Fighters. And then Brittany would be like, What? I didn't pick that. I'm like, Yeah, that's so weird. Who would have done that? It would have been hilarious. Yeah. But so it didn't happen because we didn't look at the list. So Finn is playing two-dimensional chess. I was playing four-dimensional chess, and I anticipated there would be tampering. So Just I saying, I'm playing playing. to a I'm playing Connect Four. <laughs> Yo, and everybody um, was about those stocks. Like that was fun. Like <laughs> for the first I'm few sorry, weeks. Did you say stocks? I think you mean. I think. I think you mean stonks. Stonks. You yeah. meant stonks. That's I guess after uh, after many many years of Twitter campaigning, which I'm sure at least John remembers. You know, most people uh, remember my my tweets. I think it was ev- basically literally every single oh yes uh, event for five years. It was where's Animal Crossing. Um, just as I, I, I will be remembered for my Metroid <laughs> thirst tweets, you will yeah. be remembered for your animal crossing thirst tweets. Uh, it was a rough road, you know? So my history with animal crossing is weird. Uh, I never actually, I played the GameCube version. Uh, I think probably the like original Western release at my friend's place and fell in love with it. And I was like, all right, this game's really cool. And I love it. Uh, surely there's going to be like another one soon. And then, Kind of like nothing. I didn't have a, uh, I didn't own a Wii, and I bought a Wii U because I was like, surely an Animal Crossing game is going to come out, and it came out for the 3DS. 
So I bought a 3DS and I couldn't play more than a few hours of it because the ergonomics of that system just destroyed my hands. Uh, so here I am with a franchise I adore based on only a few hours of experience and I waited a fucking decade for another console release that I could play on a TV with a controller. I think there was some sort of like mini Animal Crossing game release for, for one of the other systems. But for basically mobile. Like, yeah, this, this was like the first true Animal Crossing full-fledged thing. I mean, so to I be fair, so playing playing anything on the 3DS is like glaucoma vision. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, there's not much else I can say about it uh, that hasn't already been said. It's eyes a, bleed. It's a, just a super charming game. It's a it's just a great way to like just exist in this little world and and feel warm and uh, do you know kind of mundane things, but just have your own little project to take care of. Uh, like just. There's a few things that just really drove me nuts about it, which is just because everything else is so awesome. Why the fuck can I eat 10 turnips at once? Something I would never want to do, but I can't oh, well. eat, But I can't eat 10 apples. I can only eat one at a time. Just food for thought. That's all I have to say. I just love the fact that it, it like you can eat 10 apples and then go sit on the potty and your apple count will will slowly <laughs> drop as you're dropping massive shits into the toilet. <laughs> You can actually take a shit in Animal Crossing. This is there true. we go. There's the highlight. That is why this game is part of the list. You can take a shit. You fucking ruined Animal Crossing. Hey, you know what? I'm jealous of every villager. I'm jealous of the villagers for their ability to do that. Okay. Uh, I think we're done. Has anyone else got anything else? <laughs> nope. All right. What do we you got can't next? Top poop. Um. Next up is Wolfenstein: The New Order. I, you know what? This is, I guarantee you, this is a Justin game. Yes, this was. God, I'm so fucked. Uh, oh, I'm so good. This game fucks. Y'all. Did, oh, I, I think I, I think I put like almost all the FPS on this list, um, except Overwatch. But um, yeah, so Wolfenstein: New Order. This game fucking blew me away. Like, so this is a blew game Nazis that I was going to say, like, you blew Nazis away. <laughs> This is a game that I picked up um, just because I thought it looked kind of cool. And it was back in, like, May 2014. There wasn't a lot of stuff to play on PS4. Um, and so I picked this up. And, like, I remember, you know, there wasn't too much hype behind it or anything. And I remember, like, me and a couple other people had picked it up and were discussing it, like, on some forums and Twitter and stuff. And we're like, uh, guys... This game rules. Um, I was not expecting, like, the merging of kind of some of the ridiculous, like, alt-history Wolfenstein stuff with just really deep, reflective Yeah, dialogue. it was real. Yeah, um, like, BJ Blasco as was well like, as the defining protagonist of the generation. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, was, sure. I was not expecting that, like, when you're storming, uh, you know, Death's Head's castle in the beginning, I was not expecting, like, you know, death at the door, knocking again. Can't greet you today, old friend. I got a battle to win. I was like, wow, this is like, this is like, he's a grim ass game. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a game that I, it's had a, so this is one of those games that has had a huge personal influence on me. It's really informed my own writing as well as other stuff. Like I just loved the tone of it. The fact that it was able to take, a silly franchise and still be silly at times. Like there's still tons of jokes throughout, like peppered throughout um, all of Arcane, uh, not Arcane. Well, Arcane helped with Youngblood, but uh, Machine Games 
take on Wolfenstein. Like they're still silly at times, like, but they're able to be really socially conscious and really relevant um, to our time, unfortunately, uh, given the subject matter. But um, it just, they're super fun FPSs that live up to what Wolfenstein was known for while also just being just incredibly smart. Um, and it's something I will, I, I'm not going to forget this series very soon because it's just in like pretty much any type of any form of media. Like the, they just took completely nailed the tone and presentation and dialogue for like what I strive to be able to do in my own work. And it's something that's going to stay with me for a really long time. I too strive to blow Nazis away. I will say that, that I mean, it, yeah, the game is fucking good. The writing is, is way better than you expect it to be. Gameplay is good. The aesthetic is good. It's, it's just straight up good. One of the best FPS games, like, period, not just of the generation, I will argue. Um, I, but I will also always remember uh, Wolfenstein, uh, the new order, for the fact that, for, for the outrage against it, for the fact that they made... I went back and Nazis. forth between which one... To, for which one to post like they're so so close yeah it's um, honestly it's 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 part of the same experience in mm-hmm. a lot of ways but but it made oh, oh dog it made gamers mad because they it was very political to, to to just kill people you have political disagreements with aka nazis and i think that was a good watershed moment for um <laughs> gaming discussion on social media and we all just went like Oh, it's it's full clown mask. Okay, cool. Like we just yeah. can ignore you all now forever. So. I just want to say, SDGC has no d- good dog quota. Are there are unlimited good dogs allowed? Yes, that is correct on this podcast. True. Yes. Jeff is gone, so we don't we don't know we don't know what's next. I'll go you know what? The order. Let's talk about Final Fantasy VI. No. Uh, yes. I can turn his mic so, off. Come back. Jeff, Final Jeff, Fantasy VI was released. Jeff, in, uh, tell us his, Jeff can tell you hear me? Story arc is one of the best in games. Uh, it was one of the first times that a female character was portrayed as a military leader, as a general. Uh, she was badass. You know, you. No? Did I freeze? I don't know. Jeff, Jeff, save us. We need our next game, and John started talking about it. John, did you say Gogo is one of the better secret characters in an RPG? Uh, I think I'm I'm more of an Umaro guy myself. What the fuck are we talking about? Jeff, please take us to the next game. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Oh, I cried. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I I had a tough time deciding which Ori game to put on this list. Um... But I ultimately went with Will of the Wisps because I feel the quality of life uh, upgrades and just the changes to the formula to make it more streamlined and playable uh, carried it, even though Blind Forest was so outstanding in its own time. Uh, The story in both of them fucking hits you in the feels. Uh, There's just something about the way that the music and the very expressive characters without any dialogue, really, outside of like a narrator... Um, can evoke so much emotion. And I will say this. I don't know if it's a hot take, but it's a correct take. And that is that Ori is Microsoft's best IP this entire generation Um, in terms of like IP that's only on an Xbox game. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah, Switch. Also Switch. But you know what I'm trying to say? Like, as a yeah. Microsoft IP. Microsoft Game Studios series. Ori is bar none the best that came out. Uh, I love this game. I 100%ed it. It was just the and, and and the difficulty level was surprising. Like this is not an easy game. Like these games will challenge you, uh, but in like such a good way. I don't the the sense of exploration, the sense of wonder you get as Ori, the upgrades. You like you find you feel a true sense of progression as you play the game. Uh, all, all I gotta say is Ori is uh, Sunset Overdrive might have been the reason I bought an Xbox One, but the Ori franchise is the reason I never sold it. Ori is so I... heartbreakingly earnest, um, and I think that's kind of missing in a lot of games nowadays, which take everything on with a, a certain amount of like tongue in cheek or like ironic, you know, or they just failed to to land when they try to be something bigger. And Ori is is very genuine and heartfelt and it's kind of magic and it's wonder and it's melancholy. Um, and it's just beautiful. And I, yeah, I bawled like, like a very ugly child at the end of, of Will of the Wisps. It's, it's just a beautiful game. So good. Yeah. I, I've only played the first Ori, but... Well, I haven't actually even finished it because it's very, very difficult. And Switch controllers cause me wrist pain. But um, there's something about the Ori games that I think separates it from... there's so Because there's so many Metroidvania-style games out there right now, right? Um, Ori is one of the few that decided, hey, this is how our game's going to feel and this is how our game's going to flow. And it wasn't just trying to emulate either Metroid or Castlevania um, and then just coming up short because nothing can replace the originals for those series. Like this game has its own feel and its own vibe and this gorgeous art style, incredible music. Um, But it was just... Um, it, it's, a, it's a really, really neat series. I'm excited to eventually finish the first story. Um, if I can get through the, the very, the very high difficulty and then, you know, eventually get to the second one. But, um, they're, they're really, really neat games. And I think they, it's one of the few like Metroidvania series that deserves to stand against, like uh, deserves kind of that namesake, um, because there's so many that just try to imitate and this decides to actually do its own things within the genre while, you know, making the same, uh, well, mate, well, taking the influence. So I, I, I am a fan of Ori. Finn, you have a thing you're trying to show us. It has nothing to do with anything. I just really like it. <laughs> uh, I just realized I was muted. So. I do that a lot. Um, the only thing I'm going to say about Ori, I only, I also only played the first game, but I will say I hate Metroidvania games. I think they're boring. They're just not my cup of tea. I respect them. I have no interest in playing them. And I played the first Ori, and I finished it, and I really liked it. So that game did something right. That's my take. He's going, but <laughs> did John just leave? Yeah, he's he's there's there's something going on behind you there, Derek. Yeah, I don't know. Something's... He's doing his thing. Okay, I'm, I'm all just right. Vibing. <laughs> um, 
Well, if we don't have anything else. All right, that's all I got. So why don't we let Jeff go next? Well, we, we got a, We got our next game here, and our, our next game is Yakuza 0. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is a Derek game. Oh, yeah, you can tell. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the Internet's um, top shills of Yakuza 0. Um, so I don't know who all here even played Yakuza 0. I know John played Yakuza a little. Yakuza, bitch. Yeah, you too. Okay, cool, cool. So y'all know, and like anybody who hasn't, I don't, I don't, okay, Bustin, is that you saying you haven't? Or oh no, I have played it. I, oh, okay, I so fucking love this game. Then that's pretty cool. <laughs> Yakuza, Yakuza is this franchise that I, I feel like before you play one of the games, which is probably zero. Zero is what brought most of us into the franchise very late in its existence. But um, before you play one of these games, you think they're kind of drab, self-serious, like crime dramas with, eh, I don't know, some kind of combat, some kind of adventure game system. I don't know. And and what's weird is you play these games and they are so full of character and life and, and good writing and funny writing and good side stories. Um, and it is... It is hard to explain what it is that makes Yakuza so engaging, um, but there's just something about the the melodrama of the characters and the stories that is is told very well, and the comedy of the moment to moment kind of gameplay that makes it. I mean, I think Yakuza is one of the best things Sega has in their entire like stable of of franchises right now um you know and and i don't think it's a mistake that yakuza after zero caught on so big in the west we got six we got a remake of one and two yeah that was the one that really broke it out here right yeah yakuza zero Zero. we got re-releases of three four and five we got a not yakuza game called judgment now we've got yakuza seven like a dragon i can't wait coming up like next week yakuza seven is going to be one of the greatest games of all time yeah no that's next week yakuza seven will make our in 10 years when we do another top games of the generation list. (laughs) games of the generation on that list yeah. Um, so zero, zero was my first Yakuza game, probably like many people. Um, and holy crap, I couldn't believe how much I loved it. Like I knew I was gonna like it, but I was just head over heels for it. And kind of, it was funny because I kind of had the opposite view of Yakuza based off of what Derek said. Is I had only seen like the memeified and like Twitter shares of like the really funny, jokey stuff from Yakuza, which I mean, that stuff's great and it's a big part of the series' personality. However, like I was really shocked at how good and how like, like how good and how strong like this, like melodrama crime story that is the heart of the game was like it really stood out to me and the fact that they they can take so many like tonally dissonant things and put them all into one game and make it feel like it works um even in just a short span of time is is super impressive like this is a like i have not gotten through all the other games yet i'm on kiwami 2 so i've got i've got some i've got some yakuza to play still um, but like, it was, it was just one of those games where I played, I'm like, okay, now I need to play this whole series because, um, 
I'm like, this is something special. This is something unique. And I, I really need to get into it. One thing that I love about Yakuza Zero is just as someone that started playing Yakuza on the PS2, the evolution the franchise has had, it just every entry gets better. You can feel that they've taken feedback and they, they just it doesn't feel like a, a cash and sequel. Like even though we're now getting Yakuza 7 and that's on top of the Kiwamis and the remakes and the and the Dead Souls. But we don't talk about that. Uh it, it, it just it feels the, the franchise only gets better. And I, one of my favorite things about this generation is that after, even though it's been around since the PS2, this generation is where the Yakuza love really hit the mainstream and uh, the lion's share of that responsibility falls on zero. Yeah. Also, the cabaret minigame is is I could play an entire game of just the cabaret club management. It's good. Give it to me. All right. Any anyone else? No. Okay. I have nothing else to add except for <laughs> it was a joy seeing nice, Reb nice. play it and then nice. just like fall in love with it. Appreciate it. And now um, she's streaming it. You know, I I, I played Yakuza Zero. Um, I couldn't get into it. I really wanted to like it, but the the two things that um, put me off of it were the save system. Um, I typically. Well, it's different now that I don't go into the office, but generally most of my gaming is done in the morning before work for 30 minutes. I play games in 30 minute chunks and then I go to work. That's my like kind of have a morning coffee, play a little bit of a game, then I shower and I leave. So my problem with Yakuza, which is not exclusive to it, was like there would be an hour long cutscene, And I'm like, I don't fucking like I just have to quit. And then I got to like redo all this kind of when I get home. So like that's not really the game's fault, right? That's a structure. A lot of games It's just. It, it didn't work well with the way that I play games. Um, and then the other one was just, there was just too much fighting. I was really into the story and loved the quirky writing and stuff like that. But like, I just, after 10 hours, I just got tired of smacking dudes. And it's yeah, great. I just, I, I just play these games on easy um, yeah. because they're not a game that, you know, being challenging really makes them better. Um, and I just love being able to just, beat down fools <laughs> and and continue to go on the story inside quest as I, as I go from old boy basically so. yeah <laughs> yeah but you know like i i truly believe with games that you don't need to finish every game i played 10 hours of yakuza zero and i feel like i got what i wanted out of the series and i'm happy with it and i have i have no regrets it was a fun game very cool very very cool um our next game comes from a indie developer named naughty dog uh, yeah, this one is Uncharted Four. Who? Yeah, the uh, fourth entry in the Uncharted series, um, starring uh, Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> um, you know, controversial casting choice, throwing out Nolan North like that. But um, I don't know. What do you, I, I, I'm curious what you guys think. I want to hear what what you think of Uncharted Four, Finn. Yes. Okay. So. Uh, Uncharted is one of my all-time favorite franchises, and Nathan Drake, I I I, I love. I I have cosplayed as Nathan from multiple games. Uncharted Four is easily the best of the bunch from a gameplay standpoint because I've always loved the set pieces and the action and the the dialogue and the characters. But uh, one was not a good game. Uh, two was a huge step up and one of my all-time favorites. 
three was a lateral step where it didn't really improve much. It was just more of the same goodness. And then four was like, so what if we more opened up the world and gave you more verticality and added more stealth and allowed you to tackle combat scenarios in more meaningful ways? And the grappling hook is my favorite thing. I, I think this generation is uh, is actually defined by uh, grappling hook mechanics and how they improve every game they're in. Name one game made worse by a grappling hook. You can't do it. Tomb Raider. Uh, They're in a lot of my games on this list. <laughs> I know. Doom Eternal, grappling hook. Ghost Runner, grappling hook. Metroid, grappling hook. Sekiro. Titanfall 2. Sekiro, grappling hook. <laughs> Titanfall, grappling hook. I'm just saying grappling hooks are the best. It actually made Tomb Raider better. So you anyway, Uncharted get 4. get a Commando remake. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. So Uncharted 4 I thought was incredible. Uh, I loved the, the pirate storyline. Um, I love the fact that it like I'm torn always this gen between deciding Uncharted 4 or um, Lost Legacy, because I think the the expansion that became its own side game was even better in many regards. Uh, but as a whole, just the Uncharted 4 mythos was so good. And it also had one of the best epilogues in the game. The the whole beach right. scene family later on uh, is unparalleled right now. Also, shout out to them making Crash relevant again, like in a big way. Like, I'm pretty sure a big reason we got the Crash revival is because they put it in Uncharted and people were like, oh, I remember Crash. I remember when um, Crash was I, good. So I, I recently did a replay of all the Uncharted games. Uh, and I had initially, like, really struggled with pinpointing my favorite. And then upon this replay, I'm like, yeah, it's it's four. Just the way it finishes Nate and Elena's story up um, and the way it handles the writing for those characters um, is super, super good. It feels like a really real relationship, um, but it also doesn't fall into some of the traps that that kind of dynamic can also often fall in. Um, it's, a, it's a super, super fun game just to play. Um the, I mean, the story's best chapter great. Of the they game managed... was Nate and and uh, and uh, Ellie just having dinner. You mean the best of the game? Them playing Crash Bandicoot. Nate and Ellie? Did I play a different game? <laughs> what? What's that? Oh, it's, Jesus! No, sorry. I'm tired. I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the Last of Us Two. My bad. Crossovers. <laughs> Whatever, um, man. But I'm yeah, tired. I'm, I drove like nine fours. hours today. I'm tired. I drove like twelve hours, y'all. I'm tired. So I've never played an Uncharted game, and it was one that I watched uh, Zach play, like bits and pieces of. And every time I'd walk by and he would play it, I would sit down and watch him play, just because it's colorful. the The dialogue's funny, and I, I have to agree with John. I loved the scene in the beginning of the game where they're bantering back and forth over Crash. Like it just felt like a genuine real conversation like it didn't feel like a video game at all so i think mm -hmm. they really nailed the dialogue in the game yeah. and of course nolan north is such a good voice actor nate's so good nate's brother didn't really work for me simply because i felt like it was shoved like in the context of the first three games it just made no narrative sense you know i was like he's brother like he's never he mentioned brother? his brother like yeah what the fuck yeah the whole point of uncharted 4 is like his like it revolves around his brother and and it's like okay yeah I, I, like, I that thought dude? that was a little weird I was like okay like that's strange um just because 
he's never even mentioned him to his wife. Like, I mean, it just, it just I'm gonna have to, t- I'm gonna have to tell her all about you talking about. Yeah, it was an unneeded plot point for sure. Just, yeah, I agree. Not having said that, it's the, ga- it's, a, it's the best gameplay in the franchise, bar none. Yep. And I also yep. think it's the best characterization, not only of Nate in the series, but also of a marriage in gaming. So a good, that, healthy marriage, man. Yeah. Like, so did Uncharted Four have like good gunplay? Gun it yeah, did, yeah. It did. Well, then that's better. all it needed to be better than the other three because they were awful. <laughs> yeah, they weren't. Look, great. I will say the one. There's one moment. Like I know everyone loves the uh, the the, the dinner time one, but there's one moment where Elena finally gets Drake back, uh, where she pretends that a fall was way more serious than it is, and Nate's freaking out over her, and she goes, "Ah, gotcha." He's like, "Ah, you." <laughs> you because he had done that to her many times and it was just oh it was so good i loved the little there were so many little nods to the other games that just mm, mm-hmm. love it she's literally falling just falling <laughs> all right what do we got next jeff <laughs> uh so our next game hmm who put this here Actually, i don't know if this was i don't know if this might have been john uh the next game is bloodborne that's me mm. skip mm. That's me. Uh, so everybody knows I am a huge fan of From Software and Souls games, uh, and Bloodborne is super cool in that it broke away from something that From Software had done, was used to, and had done well. When you talk about really slow, methodical, heavy combat, um, you know there was nothing. <laughs> excuse me, fast paced about Dark Souls. There was nothing. It was basically like playing chess. Yeah. Um, with Bloodborne, I and and you know, Dark Souls encouraged you to keep your distance and kite your enemies along and back up and play defensively. Bloodborne actually encourages you to get in there and mix it up uh, and spam the enemy with attacks. Um, you still have to think about what you're doing, but with every hit, like when you're attacked and you lose life, if you strike, start striking back immediately, you start gaining health back. So the game really gives you an incentive to get in there and, and mix it up. Beyond that, beyond the kind of taking that Dark Souls combat formula and flipping it on its head, the game's aesthetic, I think, is one of the best this entire generation. Um, it starts off as really dark and gothic, and then by the half by the halfway point, it goes full cosmic horror, and uh, and, and just and kind of subvert, completely subverts your expectations. Uh, and there's tentacles and slime and great great old cosmic beings and Ooh. and it's just it's just oh no Brittany like if you've never played Bloodborne and you're into like cosmic horror like we did oh. have a conversation about about the Souls games though so yeah but but Bloodborne was so eminently replayable it was not as it was not as and these games are meant to be played over and over but it was not as long as Dark Souls uh it was not um it, you didn't have to run around worrying about builds you picked your favorite weapon and you upgraded that and you just went. Uh, and yeah, just an absolutely phenomenal game from top to bottom. And it was even better when it ran at a stable 20 frames a second. Um, really appreciated the really cinematic feel uh, yeah. that that you know Miyazaki games always the, have. The best thing about uh, PS5 backwards compatibility is that Bloodborne might run at a uh, frame rate and resolution that every other game on the PS4 ran at. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to playing it next week at uh, 34 frames a second, real yeah. buttery and smooth. So, but aside from frame rate issues, Bloodborne is just a, an absolute gem from top to bottom. I I love Bloodborne. Um, I I mean I wasn't as hot on it as I was the Dark Souls games. Um, but 
I, I thought aesthetically it was something that was very special and resonated with a lot of people. People loved that weird <clears throat> Victorian werewolf hunter kind of aesthetic. Um, you know, people clicked with the faster and more furious gameplay. Um, oh, and the sound design too. Yeah, the sound design. You're climbing up the good. ladder in Yarnum and you hear the cleric beast scream yeah. for the first time. It's creepy. It's got fantastic enemy and boss designs. Like it's it's a borderline horror game in some parts. Yeah. Like when you think about um. Uh, right before you fight Dark Beast Parl, yeah. and you're in that area. You know, you know when the guy with the sat grabs you, and you wake up in that area, and there's that low, like, demonic chanting. I was like, oh god, what the fuck is going on? It's the only part of the game outside of bosses that has background music. Yeah, but but yeah, I I I think it's um, it's it's very memorable. It's very special. It's uh, just a deeply fucking cool game. So Bloodborne is actually the only one of like from software's recent like soul style games that I've actually finished um, and been able to finish. Um, it was and it was really, really satisfying. Like I got the true ending and everything. I didn't want to miss out on any of the bosses and stuff. So um, so Bloodborne for me was really interesting because I got it as a gift because I'm like, I am so in love with the art style of this game, but I don't know if I can even play or enjoy it. And so for the first several hours of the game, it was just me slamming my head against a wall. Like, cause I hadn't really played any of the souls games before. So I didn't even have that previous knowledge to really get through it. And, um, the game kicked my ass for a while. And then I broke through it. And then like the next several bosses I beat on my first try, and the, and stuff like that. And it was just, it was one of those times where I'm like, like the game just clicked and I was able to get into it. And I just, I was, I was super into it. Like I'm not as high on the game as a lot of people are, but like, it was still a really good moment. It was kind of the thing that sold. I'm like, okay, this is why people like these games. Um, because I did have that moment and I still unfortunately have yet to have it with, um, some other from software games. I'm gonna try again. I want to get through them because I did enjoy Bloodborne. Um, but like, there's just something about Bloodborne that like clicked with me so much better than their other games, um, and made it actually, you know, an experience that I really wanted to have. Yeah, that's all I got to say on Bloodborne. I, I don't want to be yeah. too long winded, but that game's fucking phenomenal. Game baller is hail. Finn, do you have anything to say on Bloodborne, buddy? He's muted. I think okay. it's the best of the Soulsborne games. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got. Well, there There's go. just not my, uh, I respect the man main genre. Succinct like Finn is. True. Good on you, Finn. What do we got next, Jeff? Oh, boy. We're getting to our top picks. Yeah. Um, the next Technically, one is going to be... Uh... Wait. Huh? What's up? I was just saying, just for chat to know, these are our top six picks before the... Number one and two actual ranked games. Getting there. We're getting there. Um, the next one is a game you might have heard of. It's a remake of a very popular RPG. Uh, the next game is Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I think. Hey, this is my pick. <laughs> Here, let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. I think a few go. of us have this, opinions this on is... this game. Here let's, we yeah, go. No, let's hear it, Britt. All right, so first off, it's fucking beautiful. The music... Okay, so the first thing that happened as I loaded up the game, right? (laughs) Fucking, it dropped. I loaded it up. 
I bawled hearing the opening sequence. Like, I just, like, full-on tears. Like, I cried throughout that whole fucking game. Are you talking just... about the opening? When, when, this, when it's, uh, it pans away from Aerith and, yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about the opening when you open up the game. Oh, you, you just hear the title screen. And it, yes, the, just the title screen. Just full-on ugly tears. Okay, so I'm, I'm trying to go fast. The character looks... Take your, take your time. This is, like, one of your favorite games. Yeah, no, take yeah. as much time as you need. <laughs> So the characters look so fucking good. Like everybody looks good. The voice acting is on point. Um, the battle system is so it's like the most fun I've had in a video game in such a long time. And I think it's really interesting that they were able to take this game and remake it and it fucking worked like there's so many things that i was like how are they gonna fucking do this like like for instance the gold saucer like i was like there's no way that's gonna translate well like as much as i want it like how are they gonna like make this work with with the vibe that seven has and you it mean the honeybee in yes what did i say gold saucer yeah, 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 Honeybee. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, wanted, I just wanted to make um, sure. Sorry. I was like, did Brit yeah. pay, play part two already? <laughs> yes, you guys didn't. Um, no, but it's just everything about the game just fucking hit, hit hard from a nostalgia standpoint. Like, I remember walking to seeing Eris's house for the first time was absolutely fucking breathtaking. And it, it, it it was crazy. It's such a completely different fucking game, but the nostalgia and the world building just fucking was so wonderful. And they did it so well that they could have fucked up on this so many times. And it, it's just, I loved it so much. I replayed it. I platinumed it. it I just didn't want to give up on it. Even after I platinumed it, I wanted to go back and fucking replay it again. It's just, it's, it's so good. I could just go on and on about how much I loved it and and everything. It's just very wonderful. Final Fantasy VII Remake is responsible for my single favorite moment in a game this entire generation. When I was uh, I was playing it, and it was about like, and this is when I was out of work completely, right? Because you know, because of the pandemic. So it was about one o'clock in the morning, and I was at the Genova fight, the Gen- the uh, Genova Dreamweaver fight, and and it, bear in mind, it's like one in the morning, and I hit phase three of the fight and all of a sudden that classic Genova theme starts kicking in real loud. And I had my headset in on and it was like, I stood up and I was like, let's fucking go. And all of a sudden, <laughs> later, like my wife like texts me. She's like, Oh my God, what are you doing? And she's two floors <laughs> up. And uh, I was like, sorry. Like, like I got so fucking pumped when that happened. The music. Like, there, there so many fucking moments in that game, Brit, that just like the hell house. The hell, the hell house. Fuck the hell house. house. What a good ass moment. Fucking I mean, the Airbuster fight. Like, talk about taking one of the worst fights in, in most forgettable <laughs> fights in FF7. Oh. And when you played it, the Honeybee Inn was the part I was most excited for you to get Everybody, to. dude, half of Twitter was like, Derek, what's going to happen when you hit the Honeybee Inn? And then I hit the Honeybee Inn. <laughs> And sparks flew. No, oh. let's let's talk about your boy Chadley for a moment. Yeah, we're we not... got to talk about Chadley. Finn has things no, no, he no, wants no, to talk no, about. No, 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 Derek, Derek, he's come no. up with a new materia. Finn has things he wants to talk about. We're not talking about Chadley. We're talking about my boy. Finn. Derek, no, we have we have data Chadley. for a new materia. Uh, I respect Finn. 
I'm kidding. So uh, I want to I want to give mad props yeah. to Final Fantasy VII remake because I don't know. I, uh, I'm I'm not a huge Final Fantasy VII fan, so I didn't go into this That's remake fair. with the nostalgia love. I think Seven was a mid tier Final Fantasy game as a whole for me. Mm-hmm. Like it, it cracked my top ten, but not top five. Anyway, point is Final Fantasy VII remake might be one of my top three Final Fantasy VII games. Like it completely. The, the shift in battle system and the way it revitalized and reimagined this game that I, even if I didn't love, I knew so well. I think one of the coolest things this game did was take generic, random encounter monsters from the original and made them super inventive boss fights. Mm-hmm. Like, Hell House is the perfect example of that. That was just a generic enemy. Hey, what's up, Chadley? John's got Chadley on screen for us. Big fan, big fan, guys. Uh, I, I really like the way the they were, even though we knew that this was only Midgar, I really enjoyed the the twists and the additions to make it feel more full-fledged with the addition of the summons earlier on. <laughs> Poor Derek. Uh, I, I And I really enjoy the theories of what the new ending means. Like, is this multiverse theory? Like, I don't, do we have the... I know. Oh, oh. Like, 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 I got more. And even though the game went full Kingdom Hearts in the last hour, I am just really excited about a Final Fantasy VII game. And I was the guy that was like, oh my God, more Final Fantasy VII. We don't need Dirge of Cerberus. We don't need Advent Children. We don't need Before Christ. Like, call it fucking quits. Brings Final Fantasy VI back. But now I'm just like, yeah, we're Final Fantasy VII. So the remake has the best battle system of any Final Fantasy game, bar none right now. Uh, and I'm just really, I'm just proud of it. It, it turned me into a believer. And Tifa and Aerith's relationship, yeah. the fact that they expanded on that. Oh, my God. Like such yes. good gal pals. Plus, oh, God. Plus, um, you know what? You, you know, we're not going to get into the massage thing. But what I will say is um, this game... Like, they could have, without spoiling anything, there is a lot of liberty taken, especially starting about the midpoint of the game. You're looking about, like, a 40-hour game here, right? Like, it's a full-fledged yeah. Final Fantasy game. And it's um, good. Like, it's, it's uh-huh. at no point does it feel like, oh, I wish they didn't include this. Like, it's just, it all feels good. Right. Well, well and like... Oh, I don't know. The, the, the lab at the end was, like, five times oh, longer yeah. than it needed to be. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, 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 the, the Shinra lab was really long. It's that, that, yeah. that the, the lab ended up being the point yeah, where I, I agree. put the game I hated down the for, like, two lab. fucking weeks because I just couldn't, yeah. I could not continue the drudge but but once you get out the other side the pacing picks back up again but what you know yeah. without spoiling the end of the game the implications i think especially like you know brit i'm sure you'll agree like the implications for the second game are are staggering because we're in uncharted territory now again without spoiling anything the ramifications of that those final few scenes i mean uncharted territory you're saying that it's not the same as, a, as an exact we already talked about uncharted shut up finn um we, no no we 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 just don't know what's going to happen next like we went into we midgar the beginning thinking like okay we're going to hit the same familiar beats but they're gonna be a lot prettier not the fucking case yeah. not so, the case so you guys have all touched on a lot of the reasons so that that this game works but for me like final fantasy 7 is the first game i ever completed beginning to end by myself so oh. it's a game that means a lot to me and i remember and then I remember back with in the PS3 reveal when they had that initial tech demo of Final Fantasy VII Remake that started the whole speculation of Final Fantasy VII Remake, and it was just a tech demo. 
Um, and I remember that break in my heart when it was just a tech demo because, like, for me, I always wanted to actually fully explore Midgar in a 3D space. Um, you know, it was something that was always in my mind since I was a little kid. And so, like, this game, even though it just encompassed Midgar, like, it finally gave me what I had wanted ever since I played that game as a little kid. Um, not to say, like, I don't, I don't like the original. It's one of my favorite games ever. But, like, it finally let me be in Midgar the way I wanted to be in it. And, like, I can't describe how exciting that was for me to actually get to be in that space. So let me give you guys, I don't know. Do you all know what my favorite game of all time is or has been Final Fantasy seven? It's Final Fantasy seven. Um, so I didn't have a super Nintendo. I didn't even have a Nintendo. Uh, I got into video games with the 3d era with the PS one. And one of the first games I played was Final Fantasy seven. So, Final Fantasy VII has been my favorite game of all time, pretty much the entirety of the all the time I've ever played video games up until uh, 2019, until last year. When uh, well, actually, we're gonna get to the game that that finally overtook it. Um, but uh, you know, so obviously, this was like one of my dream games, right? I've been craving this remake for so long. And I'm, you know, I'm, I don't want to spend too much time. I could talk for two hours like we all could. Right. What I want to touch on is I think one of the things I was most worried about. So I, I'm sorry. I fucking hate Avan Children. I did not like that movie. I didn't feel like the characters were the characters that I would. Real bad. I didn't feel like they were the characters that I remembered from the game. I didn't feel like they felt right. I didn't, I felt like the story was nonsense. But I wasn't that concerned about this game because I felt like the team behind it was very strong and just the way they came across in interviews. Um, I had faith in the project, but you still never really know how it's going to turn out. What I love about this game is the characters. I think every single character sounds and behaves and talks exactly like how I pictured them when I first played yes, that game. Yeah. absolutely. For better or worse, you can say what you want about, you know, some some like Barrett's delivery and uh so how how he was originally written in 97 i know some people have issues with that but in my head the way that he sounded he sounded like that in this game so shout out yep. to all the voice actors shout out to the writers they all felt true but they also felt better i felt like every character got more development they were all better realized and that is just such a huge accomplishment so that that's that's my piece on this game is great character work and i can't see what they do with them in in the new entries it's i mean you're fucking right Oh god, I can't wait! I love All this right. fucking game so much. What's next? All right, uh, yeah, we'll have actually we'll, we're gonna have an entire podcast next week about Final Fantasy VII. Um, that's that may not be true. Our next game is uh, The Last of Us Part Two. This seems Try like not to spoil because I still haven't played yet. Yeah, no spoilers. I, so I wasn't going here. to. Yeah. Okay, good. So, so this is me that put this on here and. Um, so I kind of was hesitating putting this game on the list. Um, I know there's a lot of criticism around it, um, and it's a fairly recent game. I haven't been able to reflect on it as much as I have the first game, but the first game was always, you know, really high up for me. However, um, while I was playing through this game, I was dealing with the imminent loss of a much beloved family member. And a lot of the themes in this game just hit me like an absolute truck because of that. Um, I'm never going to be able to separate this game 
from where I was in my life when I played it. You know, we were in like height of COVID quarantine. Um, you know, I was losing a family member who did pass, you know, shortly after, um, who meant a lot to me. It was my grandmother. And going through this game while in that emotional state, like I saw so much of people that I cared for that have had self-destructive tendencies, um, addictions, as well as just a whole lot of love um, in between all of that. And it just, it felt so full to me. Like, the characters felt so real. And even though, like, you know, obviously, I don't, you know, associate with, you know, people that live in mushroom zombie apocalypse kind of situations. Like there were so many things that just were parallels to struggles and things that have happened to people that I care about. And it was just, it's, it's so hard to describe the feeling that this game gave to me um, just because of where I was. And I'm never going to be able to disassociate from that. Like it was just one of the, those pieces of media that hits you at just the right time at just the right place. Um, and, and it's, it's one of those I thought things. It, I thought it was spectacular. I, I, and I even agree with a lot of the criticisms that have been going around and stuff, but like, um, all that, I mean, I've also raved about the gameplay and stuff too. I thought it played great. Um, but it was, it was just a really, really special game for me. Um, and I'm just trying to like separated it from separating it from all the other stuff, you know, all the other reviews and stuff for me. Like this is a game that I loved for very personal reasons, not, you know, cause it's this big acclaimed major triple a thing. Um, but because it was something that felt like it was made for me at the right time. And much like animal crossing, it was very, nice to see you posting about it even through all like the jumble and whatever people were saying it was very it was it was cool just to see your take on it and just to see that how that how that reached you and how it personally affected you like it was you know much like animal crossing and how people loved how we loved to watch our friends post their shit it was nice to see you kind of work through the last of us too and how much you loved it so so I, yeah, and like honestly, it was it was really cathartic for kind of what I was going through and trying to like <laughs> work through at the time. So, so I I I'm in this position where I I kind of like the original Last of Us. Like it was it was good. It was fine. Um, I was exhausted by discourse about the last of us, which is like not even that any individual part of it was necessarily untrue, but I think the last of us somehow came to be, it came to stand for all of a given discourse in the entire subject of gaming. Um, and that, that was very exhausting. And, and I knew, yeah, coming up to the last of us too, it was like, we are going to be bitching about this game at each other and past each other for years about this fucking game. And I was so, I, I was spiteful of this game in advance for that. I ended up liking the last of us Two so much more than the original game. It, it, it is definitely one of my favorite games of this generation. I think it is a, a, 
in a lot of ways kinder and more thoughtful, even though that's a weird thing to say about a very dark and brutal game. Like it, the, the quiet and, and yeah. heartfelt moments are more of the game than, than people give it credit for. Um, I, I remember even just a bit in the beginning uh, where right in the beginning uh, before you even leave the town uh, for the first little bit where, where Ellie has to deal with some old fuck who, who made a homophobic comment the night before yes. and he tries to pass it off as like, I was drunk and like, I made you a sandwich. I'm sorry. That's not me. And, and the town leader is like, you know, be nice, be nice you know, just make up. And, and that's a situation that queer people get put in all the fucking time all to make peace time. with what we know are bad faith. Um, you know, bad faith, like, a, a you know, the dude's an old homophobe and, and you're just expected to let that go. Um, it, for the purpose of not making a scene. And, and I felt seen by that. Um, and I think that, was when I kind of realized that the rest of The Last of Us 2 was going to be a, a little bit more thoughtful and a little bit more special than the original was. Um, I was very pleased to see a lot of other people f kind of follow along with me that this is a much better game than the original um, and that we haven't had nearly as much discourse about it. Uh, I, I've gotten to enjoy the game without it being a deal. So The only thing I'll say about The Last of Us 2, because I think pretty much all of you have said what I feel about it, the only thing I'll say is that I do feel like it went on two or three hours too long. Um, I felt like the the very back end of the game, and you don't know what I'm talking about, yeah, 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 could have been cut completely. I understand why thematically it fits, but there was a moment in the game where I thought this is the perfect place for it to end, and then it literally just goes on for another three hours, two or three hours, and I was like. Like we'll be debating the last chunk of Last of Us Two for a while, yeah. I think, casually. So yeah, and 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 you know that's just that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. But but everything else, everybody else said about it is I, I agree with. Yeah, wonderful game. So, Five Fantasy Seven was my favorite game of all time. Up until last year, The Last of Us was my second favorite game of all time. I've been fucking spoiled. I got a remake and a sequel to my two favorite games of all time. Um, I don't have much to say that any, anyone else hasn't said. I have a weird feeling about this game where uh, I agree it's too fucking long. Some parts go on longer than they need to. It definitely yeah. it could have been cut by probably at least three hours, maybe four. Um, some parts are fine, but some parts are just like it was clearly like they needed to bulk this up to be more video game levels. Um, but I think I think the dog the dogs managed to get more annoying than anything else. <laughs> Yeah, the dogs. Eh. I, I won't get into that. We we can talk about this forever. I will say, um, this game is incredibly brave in the de decisions that it makes narratively and gameplay wise. I've never played another AAA game that had. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. The courage that this game does. Um, I, I posted about it on our community Discord. A couple hours into the game, something major happens. You all know what I'm talking about. Maybe one hour in, basically at the start of the game, something really fucking major happens. And uh, I basically said I'm really close to fucking never touching this game again and putting it away because I felt like um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Anyways, I will say that the second half of the game recontextualized that turned a character that I fucking hated into a character that I actually liked more than any other character in the game. And I just 
I can't even begin to describe the power of the way that that was written and constructed. But I will say this game's a fucking masterpiece of AAA gaming. I don't, I acknowledged how many people slept in the office to make this. I feel awful for them. I also don't think I ever want to play this game again because it was exhausting. Yeah, that's the exact I, same way. I it, I loved it. It's beautiful, and I never want to touch it again. That's my thoughts on The Last of Us 2. I think the first game is, I still like it better. I think it's a tighter, this game plays better, but the first game is just a perfectly paced game, in my opinion. I just think it's a really solid piece of um, of gameplay, but yeah. That's me. That's me. We got someone else here, for sure. Who else? Finn, man. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this game, I it, that might not be as special to me as it was to Justin, but it was one of the few games that I got to play with uh, Saki. There's a there's only a handful of games where she gets so sucked into the world that I'm not allowed to play without her. And sharing that experience with someone that's just as engrossed in it as you, like we the game is emotionally draining. Like I'm with Jeff. I don't think I can go back and replay it, but the experience of it will just stick with me. Uh, I don't agree with the haters about the, the big early game plot twist that sets up the motivation for the rest of the story. I think it, uh, it works and I think it finishes a plot line in a satisfactory way. And I think it also makes the ending hit just a little harder. Uh, and, I also, just like Uncharted 4, this game really benefited from gameplay improvements in terms of just verticality and the openness of combat encounters and allowing you to tackle situations in, in your own play style. And I, I, I appreciated that because Naughty Dog games for so long had been about the action and the set pieces and the characters and less the gameplay. And this generation was where the gameplay started match, matching up to their uh, the the presentation so yay yeah i hope it doesn't get a sequel i don't think if they do a last of us game it cannot follow their own story it's just got to be an anthology yeah this yeah yeah this story yeah they, yeah this story is done yeah i don't know i, I said yeah. that about this game and honestly they pulled it off so i agree i don't yeah, feel like yeah, that's true one, i but... did i did say the same thing and i and i, right, I ate but, crow on but that now so. their story's really done like <laughs> Honestly, like, I got the benefit let's, of the doubt for me go right somewhere now. Somewhere else. Yeah. All right. Hmm. This seems like a John pick. This game is cross code. Yeah, it's a, yes. it's a yeah. fucking John pick. Yeah, no, it's an hour pick, and I was so happy he put it on there, so I'd freed up a space on my list. So cross code is another one is another one of those games that was simply tailor made for me. I've been waiting I had been waiting for this to come to consoles for a it's long time. It's a John time. game. And um it is uh a much more of a puzzle game than you would initially think. Um, yes, there's a lot of uh, 2D, you know, pixelated hack and slash, but there's also a really deep puzzle experience there as well. <coughs> and, um, you know, the game itself, while well, you go in there and everything, see, like it's a fake MMO, right? Like you are playing a character no. in an MMO um, called Crossworlds. And... The story starts starts off nice, but very vanilla. By the end, it becomes gut-wrenching. And the story goes places you really don't expect it to go. Uh, and it, it, like, there, are more, there are moments of real, real darkness there and real moments of interest about 
you know, what does it mean to be, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be who we are? You know, what, you know, what are, what is, what is consciousness? Um, and I wasn't quite prepared for that. And it was a really pleasant surprise. Uh, and there's a lot of game here. Like you're, I mean, it's an 85 hour game. Uh, and they're not done yet. There's a whole other chunk of game coming in an update yep. at some point soon. Um, yeah, no, there's an entire post game epilogue. You know, it's an MMO, so you got to be a post game. Yeah. Uh, so they're doing a whole epilogue thing with it as well at some point. Uh, but CrossCode is just plus it's got some of the most beautiful pixel art I have ever. And and, and like your main character Naruto runs the entire game. <laughs> and it's just it's just great it's just it's fucking great um derek i think you'd love this game personally i probably would i just haven't played it um so. it is it is an absolute fucking delight and i i this is one i will be replaying for years to come it was that enjoyable it's it's also so ingenious with its puzzles the way it uses uh the ricochet mechanic and the i really was not expecting up. it no like I just thought it was going to be a, a kind of hack and slashy Zelda type game, and then no, and it is, it the, is, but 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 the shooting mechanic opens up so much because you, if you try and get all the secrets, like you can just go play the game and skip a lot of the extra content, but you're really missing out and doing yourself a disservice because some of those dungeons, those dungeons have puzzles and mechanics that put any that that put Luffy like it's all it's very Luffy two esque. Uh, for anyone that played Rise of the Sinistrals back on the SNES, unfortunately, uh, it's so good. Crossco yeah. was amazing. Crossco's a fucking plot great twist game. Was such a wonderful. Oh my god, Crossco! John and I started playing it. He he, we we were just. It, it felt so good to play this with someone else that was so into it. Yeah, Finn and I are just I, like cross talking. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. back and forth about this game. Well, and no, it, looks, no, it turns out turns out the switch had cross play. You uh, were the chosen one. I don't want to die. <laughs> uh, hey, don't be cross Brit, okay? I literally, uh, I literally did that for Brittany. I literally Yay. did that for Brittany. Mm. I don't oh. want it. <laughs> um, it, it that's all I got on Crosscode, though, because in the interest of time, that's that's what I got. Okay, and I don't think anybody uh, else played it, right? What do we, what do we got next here? Oh, a Nintendo game. Hmm. Super Mario Odyssey. Ah, uh, <gasps> yeah. This one was me. I know that was you. This one was me. So one I of am, the best songs yeah, yeah, of the yeah. decade. I have this relation. Now here's the funny thing, because you could be talking about Jump Up Superstar, and you could also be talking about um the the fucking Moon Escape was kind of a bop as well. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Um. So here's the thing. I have this relationship with Mario and Zelda where every time there's a Zelda game, I get so hyped up. Like it's going to be the fucking best thing. And I play it. Eh, that's fine. I like it. And Mario games, whenever a new mainline Mario games coming out, I go, oh, this is going to be good. I'll, I'll get it and I'll play it. And then I play it and it like moves me to tears for some reason. Um, and, and Odyssey was, was the most concentrated form of that since the original galaxy. Um, it's just such a purely good game on every single level. It does almost no things wrong. It's a good period. streamlined Mario game. Yeah, it is. It is a blast to play. 
It is packed full of personality. It is packed full of magic. It will make you feel like a child watching a brand new Disney movie. Um, I, if I hear jump up superstar, I get, I, I fucking remember going through the new Donk city festival and I get like teary eyed for reason, like not because I'm like sad. It's just like reminding me like, Hey Derek, remember playing this game for the first time? It's the same thing. Gu- uh, gutsy garden galaxy does to me about, uh, Mario galaxy. But, um, but yeah, so I have to cut in right, right there for a minute, just because you mentioned jump up superstar. Yeah. I actually played that. That was my garter tossing song at my wedding. That's jump dope. so cool. I love that. It it was it was so fun and I don't think anybody knew about it except for you know my my nerdy friends but it was it was so good like it was like the only thing I could think of was perfect you got to jump you got to get that it that is perfect <laughs> I love good. that That's good. <laughs> and then and then you get the ending you get the fucking I mean the whole mechanic where you you throw the cap and take over various <laughs> things is used it's so fucking well. T Rex oh that that finale three D Kirby game like yeah but um and then the end where you take Bowser. <laughs> And you get uh, to just wreck ass out of the moon. Plus that to song. That, to that fucking oh. song. To that fucking total bop. I mean, Mario Odyssey knows what's up. And then the Mushroom Kingdom, like, it's it's just good. It's just Mario Odyssey is the most video game at like good video game ass good video game that may have ever been made. Like I could throw that at any human being, and if they don't like that game, it's because they don't have any light left in their soul. So, I, yeah, just, I, I just want to point out the Chadley memes Sorry, hit hit Twitter, and I love it. Um, I'll go real quick, and then I'll throw it to Justin. I'm not going to talk too much, because I have a feeling I'm going to be talking a lot in the, the last few games. Um, but yeah, I, I also loved Odyssey. I'm... Uh, not a big uh, historical Mario person. I don't even like the 2D Mario games. I just, again, I, they're just not my jam. I don't find them fun. Um, it, Mario Odyssey was funny because I love Mario 64 and I've kind of reaffirmed that love just playing the 3D All-Stars on, on my Switch. And I thought Odyssey was what I wanted, but funny enough, I played uh, 3D World on my Wii U. And you know what? I liked I liked that one a little bit more. And, th- and that shocked me. I think it just had a really good balance of of 3D and kind of platforming. And I think um, the the one thing about Odyssey, I just, uh, you obviously don't have to get all the moons, but I felt like a little bit of that kind of, um, okay, these are all kind of following a pattern. These are all a little bit samey. And that's not something I'd really felt in a Mario game before, um, but definitely I agree with everything else. Uh, the music and like the, just the feel of the game, it plays better than, than any other Mario game has. The only thing I'll say is that because you guys, I mean, Mario Super Mario Odyssey is a top five game of this generation for me. Period, and I love Mario, I love two D Mario, I love three D Mario. Um, I'm a Nintendo guy, so that should surprise no one. Uh, but um, what I'll say about Odyssey is that every time I play Galaxy, I think this is my favorite three D Mario, and then every time I play Odyssey, I'm like, this is my favorite three D Mario, and I just go back and forth. But uh, Odyssey is just a, a splendid game, uh, full of full of joy and uh, just just like every other Mario game. There's, I mean, I just I just love Mario. And I, th- my only concern about Odyssey is that the Cappy mechanic is so cool. I don't know what they do next. Like I don't know how they. It's their problem. Yeah, but yeah, Odyssey's fantastic. <laughs> hey, uh, no, Odyssey I mean, is... go go ahead, Finn. Go ahead. 
Now, it, 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 my only gripe about Odyssey, outside of like some of the moons just felt superfluous, uh, because everything about it is so good. But it, it, this and Super Paper, uh, Super Mario Party, I will never understand how these two games got zero DLC. Super Mario Odyssey right. Is, was ripe for Delfino Plaza DLC. Just, Come on, y'all. Oh, I can't God, believe I we didn't get like a Luigi's Mansion world. Like, how is like, there no DLC for Odyssey where you can just create new worlds and just drop world. them in there? A yeah. world that's DLC. Just it's, anything. Yeah, like, like there are nothing. so a many. Mario and by the way, world. the fact that there's no New Donk City track in uh in uh Mario Kart uh Eight Deluxe, there will be in nine. There, there will be. Yeah, but there should have been a deluxe. New Dog City happens to be the best level in the entire game. Donk. Justin, you got something to say about Odyssey? Yeah, so Odyssey Odyssey's really cool for me because I've always been much more of a fan of the um like the actual like platform stage focused Mario's. The ones that are more like a single stage, you go in, go from one point point A to point B and get out. Not not so much the exploration based ones like um 64 and sunshine kind of thing like i still like those games but um they just don't appeal to me in the same way and i think odyssey actually fixed a lot of the issues that i have with you know kind of the more exploration style of mario because you know you don't get thrown out back to the world um back to the you know the world map whenever you get one of the whenever you get one of the moons (laughs) like you, you just you know keep playing um, and I think that was just a really, really big thing for me that just you could still get into that same kind of flow that you get in with the more like platforming focused Mario's in one of the exploration based Mario's. And then just the sheer variety of, you know, ways to play with, you know, the different Cappy, um, you know, possessions and stuff like that. It just is a game with a lot of possibilities, lots of different ways to play. And it just it puts a smile on your face the whole time. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed Odyssey. That's all I got for Odyssey. I, I got nothing else. All right. Uh, we're getting nice. the thumbs up. We're moving into the final four here. So we got we got two eight, two games left before we get to our top two. Um, this next one is my pick, and I'm going to hog the mic a little bit because I actually forgot to talk about my last game because uh, I'm a few beers in. Um, and I wanna, I'm going to go to Brittany right after me because I know... Brittany's got some things to say about this game, too. And then we'll get to everyone else. So my pick um, is Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption 2. And you're not going to believe it, but my third favorite game of all time between, behind FF7 and The Last of Us was the Red Dead Redemption. And uh, I got Red Dead Redemption 2, so I had a really fucking good year these last 12 months. Um, Red Dead Jeff Redemption good. Yeah, no kidding. I, I do not deserve this. Truly, I didn't deserve this. Um <laughs> I, w- I was on media blackout for Red Dead Redemption 2. I did not even see a screenshot until I played the game. And I waited f- a year for the PC release. I didn't even play it. So I do not know how I achieved that. But this game, I, I, to this day, I did not see any of the conversation around it. So I'm genuinely interested to see how everyone else feels. But um, I thought this game was a fucking masterpiece from start to finish. I thought it's by far Rockstar's best writing. Um I loved John Marston in the first game, and honestly, Arthur Morgan makes John Marston fucking boring. Arthur rules. Oh, Arthur, yes. is such, Arthur is such a good character. 
Um, I mainlined the game. I didn't play the side quest, so I don't know. Maybe it feels stretched out if you do everything. I thought the pacing was great. I thought it was this really slow, tense burn. And the climax when it hit was so fucking good. I did feel like the epilogue was a little bit uh, fan servicey, a little bit drawn out, a little bit long. Just not as interesting as the main game. But I, I, that didn't take away from the experience for me. The thing, like, just this world felt so lived in. Everything was so slow and methodical. And I'm sure that drove people nuts. But... I felt like I was just looting a person the way like I would just pick up ammo off a counter. Every single thing in the game felt completely authentic. And I just lost myself in this story. Um, and unfortunately, I had a big twist spoiled for me. But it, you know what? The testament to the power of the game that it didn't ruin it for me. And uh, I'm actually I'm thinking about replaying this sometime soon because I want to just recapture a little bit of that magic. Um, Brittany, I know this was high up on, on your list, too. One thing I loved about the game, a lot of people didn't like the side quest or the exploring, but there was so much storytelling in the side quest and the exploring. Like, y'all ever heard of the Aberdeen Pig Farm? Did you guys hear about that? No. It's a brother and a sister fucking each other, and basically they kidnap you and strip you of all your clothes and money, and you oh, have I to go find that. it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just like. It, there's just a lot of like different side quests like that. They have the um, I don't remember what his name is, but the guy with the top hat. Like you have to find all this stuff to unlock his painting in this cabin in the woods. Just it's just a really good game. And Jeff Jeff already touched on the main point that I was gonna say. And I played the first Red Dead Redemption. It is one of my all time favorite games, or it was um, until two came out. I love John Marsden as a character. So when the pre prequel came out, I was like, I'll play as this Arthur guy, but, you know, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, John is obviously the best character, so I'm going to hang out with him the most and talk to him the most. And then it's like, Arthur just becomes this better character. Somehow this game t took the character that I loved and made me love this character more. I would say the only um, storytelling I didn't like about it is that this character didn't tie into the last game whatsoever um so that's my only uh complaint i have but i think the gameplay is super fucking fun doing the journal hunting shit is really fun like just running into all these people and the side quest and the conversations it, it's just it's just fun um well, the lemmy mission is like one of the by far one of the funniest Lady! things i've ever played again <laughs> one of the funniest <laughs> things i've ever played in a game so <laughs> it's it's it was gonna be one of my picks it was between so my two games that i picked for game of the generation actually Careful. ended up being the two two games and red dead was gonna be one of them and because i loved it so much i put so much time and effort into this game and it was one of the games that i've actually played through in a long time start to finish so many hours i just it's just it's just a good game like i just loved it and it's weird. This like, is a this is a game I think I need to re revisit because when I when I played it through initially, I was just trying to get through to the end, and I think that made parts of it kind of drag on for me. Whereas I think kind of getting lost in the world and playing at your own pace would have been a much better way to get through this game. So I'm kind of I'm kind of looking to check it out again, hoping there's maybe you know, like some kind of next gen update or something, because I like looking back, I think I really need to play it again properly to really evaluate it because 
rushing through just trying to get to the end because it's the end um, for such a long game um, and one that has so much stuff out in the world, I think really kind of soured my experience in a way that it shouldn't, that I think is kind of unfair to give my impressions, you know, on the game at this point. I, the only thing I'll say about Red Dead Redemption 2 is that I loved the first one. I did not finish 2 uh, simply because I felt like I felt like it played it looked like a current gen game that played like a game from 2009. Um, That's fair. And I I just preferred um, I just preferred John Marston as a character to Arthur Morgan every way. I loved I loved uh, John's uh, cynical dialogue and his comebacks to characters that annoyed him. Like there was, uh, there was one part in the first game where he's writing with Irish and Irish is like, you know, he's like, I was somewhere between waking and sleeping. And John's like, you're going to be somewhere between dead and dying. And, and I just like, I, I constantly was laughing my ass off at, at John Marston's little, Little, you know, little comebacks, and plus you the game what, John, had uh, West Nigel Dickens, and this one doesn't. So, John, your John Marston impression is much better than your Christopher Walken impression. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Um, Derek or Finn? Anything? I didn't play the game. I didn't. Okay. I don't play Rockstar games. They're not quite that's for me. Fair. So that's what I'm going to stick to. Um, I am trying to be nicer this this. Uh episode so pass give a give us one thing that's enough if if you don't care for the game just give us one thing that turned you off from the game um horse nuts okay let me let me put it to you this way uh last gen skyrim had the distinct honor of being the one game that no matter what time i played i would fall asleep on the couch uh because it was it just (laughs) bored me uh red dead redemption is this gen's distinct holder of that honor uh, everything about it just put me to sleep. Yeah, Finn, can you tell us about the work that Rockstar put into the expansion and contraction of the horse nuts, depending on the depending on the temperature? Look, I'm not going to fault them for their extreme attention to detail because I'm a Naughty Dog fan, and that studio does the same shit. So, uh, but I will say that just <laughs> playing studio, Red Dead Redemption just nuts was. I don't, I don't wait. I don't remember Nate didn't have moving nuts, did he? Uh, that's what you'd think. I didn't play you Uncharted 4, so I don't know. Somebody didn't look hard enough. Yeah. You gotta use photo mode. You you love it, and Next. that's what matters. We are so <laughs> close. We got one more game before we get to our top two. Oh, shit. We're getting there. Top three. Ooh. And we're going to let three. Finn keep rolling here, because this next game is Finn's baby. And about the Matt Piscatella for being the only other person Knack in two. the world to love... Astrobot Rescue Mission VR as much really? as me. Astrobot is not only one of the not only not not one of the greatest showcases. I'm sorry, Half-Life Alex, the greatest showcases of VR. Uh, but it is one of the most pure and joyful platforming experiences of any game. Uh, I loved Astrobot so much. I literally took Dramamine before playing. I wanted to play this game so bad. I took medication because I get motion sickness, but I was not letting anything. <laughs> the love, the uh, inventiveness of each level, the, the little mechanics that only pop up for a single level. There's one level that takes place in like a graveyard and you get a flashlight 
level there's a there's a stage where you get these ninja stars that you can just fling from your controller uh and then as you how you tilt the controller angles them so you have to like get them through bars by turning your controller vertical and sh shooting them that way the adorable expressions like if ori used non-verbal methods to endear you to the character astrobot takes that to the next degree this game made vr so good like i don't care how much i paid for my playstation vr if astrobot was the only game i played it would have been worth it ever i love this game like the fact that there's a gif there's a very like famous sdgc gif of me realizing when i go like boy i really wish hope astrobot is a launch game for the ps5 and yeah, someone can you said, reenact that gif oh, for us i i can i can um oh pretend, it's necessary <laughs> pretend that I'm, you know what? I take it back. Is the copy? You know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, hold I take on. it back, Finn. No, 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 no. We lost Finn. All right. Anyway, keep moving. We lost Finn. Okay. I'll talk. I'll talk a little about Astrobot while Finn looks. But this game is Excuse awesome. Me, I just like it, pants uh, on. <laughs> it immediately sells VR. To, like it's it's a very comfortable VR experience and platformers are not a genre that you'd really kind of think about working in VR, but like, basically this feels like you're watching like little toys run on, you know, in front of you and like looking around and seeing them move through space is so cool. And it's so unique. And it's just one of those really rare games where I just can't stop smiling when I play it. Um, I, it's probably the most Nintendo-like game that Sony has put out ever. Like, it has that level of inventiveness, that quality of platforming. Yes. Um, that, you know, it has a wonderful art style to it. Um, it was just... It was the first VR game I ever played. And because of Astro Bot, I will never be one of those people that's, you know, rooting for VR to fail. I really want to see it continue, just even if... You know, it's every couple of years we get something this special um, yep. and this exciting because it's it's really, I think, a landmark game for VR. Justin fucking and I think it's a really big I think it's a really big game for Sony, too. And I'm really glad that they're letting a Sobe team, you know, not only make a PS5 game that's meant to sell the DualSense, but that thing's pre-installed on every PS5, uh, which I think is really cool. What what I think is crazy, like, because Justin nailed it, this is the most Nintendo game Sony has ever put out because just the the charm. But not only that, it's the inventiveness of the levels. It it has a very Mario quality to it um, because every level is different. Every level brings something new to the table that is never brought back again. It's just it's a one and done. Like, holy crap, that was awesome. What the what was that? I don't know. Um. <laughs> Sorry, my cat just tried to jump off on the table and slipped on the mail and fell off. I don't know where he went. <laughs> like, like the, uh. thing about, the thing about Astrobot is before it was a game, it was that weird thing on the PS4 that you could play with from your controller. What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, Zeke. <laughs> I'm not. Rip Zeke. <laughs> okay. So he's fine. He's here, fine. He's not hurt. He's fine. Here. He's just chilling over on the other table now. Justin, do me a favor. Justin, do me a favor. Tell me that Astrobot is going to be preloaded onto PS5s. Finn, not only is this game a launch game for the PS5, 
it is pre-installed on every PS5 for free. That's pretty much how it was. I was just so. I felt like the first one was better. I let out a primal scream. You just can't. You can't can't recreate the magic, I guess. Oh, fucking Astrobot, man. Sorry, Astro Boy. Finn, did you do that? Did you you do that when you picked up your your special edition copy of Left Alive? Oh, I do still have it. Yes. Did anyone what? else play Astrobot? No, I don't. No, what, what, what? Finn, I was joking. Don't be proud of that. What's the next game? Last two. <laughs> All right. So, top two. Top two games. So, our number two game of the generation, um, which uh, still only two of us had on in our. Basically, we asked everyone what their top two games of the generation were, and we strictly went with. Whichever games got the most mentions. So um, two people had God of War in their number two for the entire gen. So it's God of War. God of War. Number two. God of War is number two. I'm going to start because both. I'm going to start with both of these two games. Number one and number two because they were both mine. I I won. I won the game of the generation. (laughs) So God of War was a very... God of War was a very powerful game to me because it was a game that I played that I could not put down. And I just started playing it randomly. Like, I had no interest in it. I didn't play until a year after it came out. And I've never played... Okay, so I've never played a God of War game previous to this. This is my first God of War game. And that's all it needs to be. Like, it's it's such a wonderful game the storytelling is wonderful the voice acting is wonderful the combat is so fucking fun like it that's that's about as much dark souls as i'll get is god of war like that's my limit like that's as much as i can take um but i think the reason why it was so profound to me is because i haven't had a game and most of my picks are based on how they make me feel emotionally and god of war was one of those games where its story just hooks into you and it doesn't really let go. Like there's no, at no point does it just like fall off or get uninteresting or do you feel like it's filler or it needs to progress. It's just a very good story. And at at the point when you get Mimir and you're going around the fucking boat and you're just going around and he's telling you all the stories. It's like one of the best parts of the game and it's kratos is great he's attractive i want him in my bed he's wonderful all all yes yes kratos is just kratos is just a wonderful character and so is can get it kratos can get it a lot of people in that game can get it um but it's just (laughs) it's it's just a really good wonderful game and i liked it the combat's fun the voice acting was great and I haven't felt obsessed about a video game in a very long time. Um, I completely misread what Jeff put in chat. He said two signs of a good game. Uh, can you scroll back? Can you? There it is. He said two signs of a good game affects you emotionally. You want to bang the characters. I glanced and thought he said uh, you want to emotionally bang the characters, and I was like, well, both of those are sure, accurate sure, to my sure. to my vibes and tastes. <laughs> So what I'll say about God of War is, um, oh, it's... and the barfing, fucking, uh, the gagging. Oh, what is his name? 
one of the brothers, the I don't even remember, but he gags like you bring him back. The oh, shit. Yeah. Yes, and he gags. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I got a dirty mind. Um, we know. <laughs> the um, what I'll say about God of War is uh, <coughs> excuse me, it's probably the best recreation of a character in gaming that I've seen in many 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 it, many it years. turned kratos into a, a fucking character well I, I famous i fucking hate god of war pre god of war 2018 um they're stupid fucking games and kratos is a stupid fucking character and he is Ugh. literally like the dumbest shit about he's the dumbest like <laughs> me big tough bald angry protagonist he's a twitter gamer i'm yeah i'm going to fight i'm mad i commit violence against women and i bang Zeus. that's yeah. why yeah. i wasn't but interested like, in the game like yeah. and that's why this the the story surprised me so much is that i was like who the fuck is this like it's a repudiation I, of he's that. V- he's vulnerable yes yeah. yes it's a it's a total it's repudiation okay. of all the stupid shit that he unironically was that the franchise god of war 2018 is is basically an apology for how immature the earlier God of War games so, were. So getting into spoilers here, simply because yeah, like it, the game is a couple years old now. I feel like we can talk about spoilers. Um, there was such a powerful moment in the game when Kratos is visited by Athena. And she says, you're, you know, she says, you can't change what you are, a monster. And he picks up the, he picks up the, he unpacks the Blades of Chaos. Yeah. And he says, you're right. He says, I am a monster, but I'm your monster no longer. And walks right through her, and th- th- oh, that really resonated with me. That was yeah, the part I was gonna talk about. Um, it's just that could have been such a crappy fan service moment. Just like, hey, the blades, of, but like the lead up to that, and yeah. the way that that scene is delivered, and fucking chills. On. That whole yeah. sequence chills. It's because, he did, because, they, because he did there not. There was want no to telegraph. There was he no didn't. telegraph of that moment either. Like yeah. it wasn't. Like parts of like Spider-Man where they showed half of the boss battles in a trailer. We didn't know the Blades of Chaos were coming back in this game. We thought it was Norse mythology and old Kratos was gone. And so when that moment well, no, hit, Finn, I was like, that's the thing, oh. though. Finn, that's the thing. Old Kratos was gone and Kratos had buried that part of himself in the floor with the Blades of Chaos. And he did not want to use that. He did not want to bring that part of himself back. Oh, I know. I was just saying I really appreciated that. Uh, Santa Monica did not telegraph that moment for like the nostalgia they, factor. Yeah, they, they didn't. Like, yeah, they didn't try to get you to play the game because they added. Or like pre-order the now yeah. for Blades of Chaos, like green skin or something. <laughs> yeah, the, the Mountain Dew skin for Blades of Chaos. Yeah, like I just really appreciated that from a storytelling aspect. Is that we didn't know that was going to go in, even though that would have been a huge marketing point for them. They could have been like, oh, and also the Blades of Chaos. So good for them. Yeah, Justin, plus, I'm sure you got a take this, on God of War. Oh, God, I could talk for a while about this game. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, this is a, a game I, I really deeply loved. Um, so I am a con- kind of conversely to Derek. I actually am a big fan of the old um, God of War games. However, they they have an age well needed to grow up. No, they needed to grow up. Um, and this is one of the few game series that I feel like has grown up with me. And it didn't do it in the way that a lot of game series do, where it's just like, okay, we're going to reboot it, and the reboot's going to be different. This is actually a sequel. 
that does not steer away from the issues that the games have had in the past, the issues this character have had in the past. It actually directly references them and makes them an important part of the narrative and talks about how it's about doing better. Um, And I just, I've never seen anything actually attempt that and pull that off before. Um, And like, I was really skeptical about a lot of the gameplay changes. I thought the game plays great. Like there are a few things as satisfying as throwing that ax and then pulling it back and catching it over and over Um, and over. I used to, I threw that shit as far as I could. I threw it into snow banks. I threw it into walls. I threw it into, into ravines. I threw that motherfucker everywhere. It's like it, I could not believe how well they pulled this off because so like it was another one of those games um, where so much could have gone wrong and they managed to sidestep how it could have gone wrong at almost every single turn throughout it. Um, it's, I- it's, it's just a really smart, smart game. And I know the game gets a lot, sh- a lot of shit for being the dad game. Like that's like it's like a thing. People don't like the sad dad games, but it's a good sad dad game. Like he's he's, mm-hmm. you know, it it it's interesting watching him become. I wouldn't say a better parent, but just coping with the loss of his love and having to raise this child and wanting to do what's best for him and. It's just it's it's interesting to see their their relationship with Atreus, his relationship with Atreus grow and to watch him like slowly come out of that shell, like the 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 longer he's with him. Like, it's just it's a feel good moment because he never takes away from who he is, but he still instills those good values. Like, if, it, you know, it's, it's just like the old games, everything he learned, like everything you saw in the old games, that's what he's teaching his son not to do and like that's awesome like as a parent myself like that's that's what you do that's how you parent is you look up on the stuff that you fucked up on or that you wish you could have done better and you tell your kid don't fucking do this like it, it's such a it's such a good adaptation of parenting that i just love it you know as as a as a dad myself um one of the one of the things that re- that i really resonated with me in god of war was the fact that i got you know Brittany, you, you know, you just talked about parenting and values. I got the, and people, and I saw in chat, people mentioned, you know, you know, people talking about Kratos is a bad dad. I don't think he was a bad dad at all. I think what Kratos was doing with, with, with his son was Kratos from God of War 1, 2, and 3 was just unbridled chaos, right? He was, he was chaos incarnate. This Kratos is regretful, disciplined, stern, reserved. Uh, when um, when Balder came to the, to his home, old Kratos would have just immediately started choking him out. Kratos, insi- he's like, leave my home, and he's restraining himself as much as he can. I because he knows that that unbridled rage of his cost him a lot, and so he is raising his son to be stern and disciplined and reserved because and- that's because he is so terrified of his son making those same mistake like you know it's it's you know it's when they're going after the deer you know and he's like only fire when i tell you to fire or you know you must think do not simply react 
um, old Kratos was nothing but a reactionary monster. Uh, and this yep. one is not. And I'll, the last thing I'll say is one of the coolest experiences I had in the past few years was getting the chance to talk with Corey Barlog at PAX West in 2018 about the decisions that drove him to, to evolve Kratos as a character. And I realized that that, that, and, and he confirmed this with me that actually Kratos's evolution as a father mirrored Corey Barlog's own evolution as a parent, which I thought mm-hmm. was, and, and there's a sense of deeper maturity in Kratos uh, in in the new God of War than there ever was in one, two, and three, um, and that's what happens when you become a parent. You essentially Kratos was forced to grow up, and I I don't think they could have handled it any better. Yeah. All right, we got one game left. Our number one game before we announce it. Um, quick shout out to everyone in chat who has stuck with us for absolutely. Almost- Almost three hours. Yeah. Uh, we actually have more viewers now than we did ever. So uh, you guys are troopers. Congratulations. And, of course, um, thanks to uh, – I think literally all of you except me are on the East Coast. So I am fucking sorry, especially John, who drove so far to get there. Um, before we get into our last game, just uh, brief guidelines. We are not going to be talking spoilers. I, I think we're all generally pretty good about that. But just a reminder – um, there will be no direct story spoilers, no plot beats, anything like that. So if you haven't played it, if you're still trying to catch up, there's no worries. But with that being said, uh, our number one game is interesting because half of the podcast has not even played it. The other half of the podcast, when I pulled them, had this as the undisputed number one game of the generation. I think I picked it even the, like when I misunderstood the rules. I picked yeah. it despite not really <laughs> like it. playing much of it just because like no this this is it this mm. deserves to be it so it's be there all right the number one game of the generation according to us or <laughs> all that matter uh is final fantasy 14 the whole yeah! the whole fucking deal probably mostly Shadowbringers, but all of it counts um i don't know i think i'm gonna let uh, Britt go first because I, I Britt, don't know talk about our lord and savior Emmett Selk so first off I'm going to say that I played Final Fantasy 14 not in 1.0 but I started in 2.0 so I've experienced the journey from the beginning from 2.0 through the expansions um, up until this point so I'm going to say that um, Shadowbringers is the best RPG Final Fantasy I've played in seven remake aside that I played in years. It is one of the most, and I'm going to say this so many times. Uh, the the reason why I picked Final Fantasy 14 is because I pick the games that I'm emotionally drawn to. If I am just tied to it, I will like I'm in. Like if you get me emotionally invested, if I cry, like that's I'm addicted. Like, I'm in. It's one of my favorite games of all times. And Final Fantasy XIV had not done that up until Shadowbringers. So that's why I had to include Shadowbringers, because it's it, it's such a good game. Story. This is just storytelling alone. Um, so that aside, the gameplay is wonderful. The job system is wonderful. Final Fantasy XIV has one of the best communities in any MMO, they ever. are so patient and understanding. So patient. Like that's not to say there aren't bad eggs 
in every scenario but it they have such a good understanding loving community and it's it's so good and refreshing because the last thing you want to do is be yelled at for not doing a dungeon perfectly or speed running it and the community is just great about that and that's one of the reasons why i am able to keep jumping back in even when i've taken a break um I've said so much about it already, but Shadowbringers is wonderful. The music is great. Um, I think 14 really kind of surpassed everybody's surpassed everybody's expectations as far as um, how good it was going to do. I think they expected it to do well, but not as well as it has. It's it's pretty much outperformed. I think what they expected, and it's oh, yeah. just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, no, it's the second biggest MMO in the world. It's only uh, the only MMO that's more popular is World of Warcraft. Yeah, and I don't think they expected that to happen. I don't think they knew what w- they were going to happen after what happened with 1.0. So I um, think, you know, so my emotions aside, I think the fact that they were able to rebuild a game based on a game that failed and it becomes the second biggest MMO is fucking incredible. And it's a Final Fantasy. So. I love it. That's that's all I got to say until I can bounce off somebody else. It, it's, yeah, I'll, no, Jeff, no, sorry. no, no, you you next. Okay, I won't be too long, and then I, I know you want to talk about this. Um, I just wanted to build off one of the things Brittany said. Uh, you know, I, I talk time and time again. I don't really like multiplayer games. I don't really like interacting with other people in games. I just want to do my own thing. I want to have my own pace. Go at my um. So I played through this game start to finish last year. 300 hours. I didn't play with a single friend. That's no disrespect to my friends. Just it's not how I want to play games. I just want to play by myself. Um, hands down, the community. I have 300, probably 300, 350 hours in this game. Like hundreds of dungeon runs. Probably like hundreds and hundreds. On one hand, I can count the number of root people I met. It's probably only like three or four that I, where I was in a dungeon and they were like, oh, come on, buddy. It's like, that is unheard of. That is unreal. The community is so... I'm like, hey, it's my first time in this dungeon. They're like, oh, you do this. Like... People are just so patient, and that takes away that that element of fear from it. But um, like this game, like it's same as Britney. I play games for story. I play for characters. Uh, I've ne- I fucking hate MMOs. I'm sorry. I play ten hours of them, and I get bored because they have no narrative, or they have a narrative, but it's buried in text and these quest logs, and it's not actually like presented to me in a palatable way. And I just don't give a shit about what's happening, so I check out. Um, but Final Fantasy XIV is a final fucking fantasy game. It tells a story. It has characters. It has crazy twists. It has absolute fucking nonsense that makes no sense. But, like, that's just part of the ride. And it's got, it's, like, all of the best elements in the series put into one. And, um, I absolutely get why some people wouldn't play it. But I fucking love this game. It is just a blast to play. And it's so powerful. Um, John, you know, Jeff, you once said that Final Fantasy 14 is top tier Final Fantasy uh, is top tier Final Fantasy storytelling. Uh, and you're absolutely right. It's it's some of the best narratives excuse me, in the entire series. And this is a game. This is a ba- essentially a Final Fantasy game that never ends. If there's new storylines, there are characters like like Jeff mentioned, there are characters that have been around since day one. And so for years now, you have been exploring with the same characters um, you you know bonding with these characters, caring about their backstories, and everyone like it's a fully voiced Final Fantasy game. It's just an MMO. Um, and beyond that, 
you know, if you're a Final Fantasy fan and you haven't at least tried it, you are missing out on some of the best franchise fan service that you will ever see that is expertly done. Like there are entire raid runs based, for example, on classic Final Fantasy villains Kefka. and bosses. Like there's a there's there's Kefka. a there's a Sigmascape, which is Kefka. completely based on Final Fantasy Sig villains. You you fight the Phantom Kefka. Train and then the Chatternook and then the Guardian and then Kefka. And all the, the same Final thing with, Fantasy, with five all the Final and Fantasy eight, eight and, music in um, the Shadowbringers raids. Oh God, it's oh the, the, the music stuff. is just fucking. I just, just love the the little like game Final Fantasy games that have been ignored for so long <laughs> are not ignored in fourteen. They get content, they get minions, they get music. You know, it would be it, so it, nice it's, if yeah. Yeah, it gets like all the Final Fantasies get recognition and there's little Easter eggs. So it's if you're a Final Fantasy fan, this game is some of the best content game. in the game, Brittany, are the 24 man raids based around Final Fantasy tactics and, and 12 mm -hmm. and Evilies. Yeah. And uh, just just and they use music straight from Final Fantasy tactics. And it, it is it is so good. And that's another thing I love is just the renditions of other Final Fantasy music. Like Final Fantasy IX is my favorite Final Fantasy IX. And no, I will not be taking any arguments on this one. It is the best Final Fantasy. Good and choice. for the dancer side quest, you they do the... Um, God, what is it? Oh, I don't want to butcher the name. Is it the hunt? No, the flamenco. Oh, Bala the, El, Bala Flamenco. El Flamenco. They do that for yeah. the dancer side quest. And I I remember like I literally got up and I was like, what? <laughs> they put Final Fantasy Nine in? <laughs> like it's just little things that just make this game so good between and, the music and the storytelling. And, and there are and it's it's little things, like it's little call-outs to Final Fantasy, like the warrior class. Their battle stance is Titus's battle stance from Final Fantasy X. Like it's it it's these these you it know, is what's that? No, that's the paladin. I never noticed that before. I didn't either, but you're right. Yeah. Oh the yeah. Paladin. Yeah yeah. No, yeah yeah right yeah. That's actually Titus's battle stance. Um and uh, Titus? it's Titus. No, I no, it's Titus. <laughs> I'm not saying Titus. Uh, but but yeah, there are these. I've developed some new materia. Yeah, shut him up. Um, so, but, but no, there, there are some super duper, really subtle Final Fantasy references that like, like the battle stance thing, like you don't even realize until you come back to it hours later and you're like, oh wow, that, oh, I didn't even, I didn't even fucking catch that. It's so, it is, and there, there are entire games that they haven't even touched yet. Like there's not a lot of 10 content. There's not a lot of nine content. There's not a lot of seven content, um, outside of some enemies. There's not a lot of four content. Like, like oh, they're trying not to overdo the games that everyone has. Yeah, seen there's not a lot of thirteen of. content. Yeah, no, there's still there's still stuff to. But oh yeah, this this is gonna to be, be clear. Like that stuff is great if you get it, but like I haven't played nearly. I haven't played any of Final Fantasy one through six, and I hadn't even played twelve or anything. Like when I started playing this game, it's it's still a great fucking game, even if you've never played any other Final Fantasies. It's just you get like that much more so, out of it. So, and that's what I was going to say is the battle system is very fun in that game. Um basically, and I love that they continuously in new patches and in new um uh DLC, they constantly like redo jobs to fit 
like as they go moving forward. So even if there's like a level cap, they'll kind of rearrange your job and be like, all right, this is useless. We're going to make this more streamlined. Like, that's what I love about the game. It's not like you just keep leveling and you have the same abilities. Like they're going to streamline it for you. Like if they're, they're going to take some things away, they're going to give you more stuff. Like it's just, you're going to level up. You're going to get new abilities. They're going to take some out. Like that's the one thing I love about the game is it's never the same. Like you can, always they're always creating new content, even with the base shit that they have, which is the classes, you know, they always add new jobs. Um, that's not something I think they're going to be doing much any longer. I don't think, um, but it's, Going back to 14 as a game, it's just, it's a wonderful game. You get to do side quests with a chocobo, like, the community's wonderful, the, the zones are pretty, the music is great. Um, I think the best expansion by far is Shadowbringers, which is why this is, I I put it as my game of the list because Shadowbringers is fucking wonderful. Um I just think that if you aren't an MMO player, you should definitely give it a shot uh, because it's it's got a lot for everybody. You know, there's crafting, there's, um, you know, you can level, you can do stories, you can, you know, you, if you don't like a class, you don't have to make a new character. You just, you know, you just pick up another weapon and you try that out. That's like, the best just, part. That's one of the best parts about this game is the, uh, is the job system. You don't have to roll a new character like you do in world of Warcraft. You want to mm-hmm. be, you want to try a white mage, go be a white mage. You want to try a black mage, go be a black mage, go be a summoner, go be a dragoon. Like you can, you can try them all. And, and there's, there's like, there's no FOMO. Like there's no, like, I, like everything is just always there. You can just take a break for months from the game and come back and just do it. Like that's another thing I love about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and of course, like you know, there are again, like when you talk about little Final Fantasy references in the class that I play, which is Machinist. Uh, everybody knows that Final Fantasy VI is my favorite game of all time, and Edgar is my is one of my favorite characters. And if you're a machinist, you're basically Edgar. You use things like auto crossbow and bio blaster and drill and air anchor, and it's you're basically Edgar from from Final Fantasy VI, and you you use all his tools. Um, I'm hoping they put in the chainsaw for the next inevitable uh, level cap raise. I really want to use the chainsaw. Uh, but yeah, no, I absolutely love this fucking game. I'm not an MMO guy, and it is in my top three games of all time. Like, I, I absolutely fucking adore this game from top to bottom, left to right. I'll be playing it think, until the fucking wheels fall off. I've already got I like think that a says a lot. Yeah, I think that says a lot about the game itself is so many people who are MMO people love this game because it is diverse it does have, you know, a great story. It's easy to hop in and out of, um, you know, as long as you're not trying to do like end game and keep up with the weeklies every week, it's play at your own leisure and there's no penalty for that. And yep. it's just, I, I, it's a game I recommend everybody to play, everybody to try out. It's worth the monthly fee. I know you buy a game and you have a monthly fee and everybody complains about that. But honestly, with as much love and attention that go that the team goes into making this game, like Yoshi P is one of the most passionate devs that I've seen in mm-hmm. any fucking industry, and it's it's worth the money alone just isn't just it, to be able to experience this world and their shit. Isn't it free up through Heaven's Word? Like, yeah, you don't, you don't even have to fucking pay a sub or for the game. Right yeah, now, they, right? yeah, they like, just they just make, increased that. I think like a make few sure you ago. tell your friends. <laughs> Tell your friends that yeah. the free trial now. I don't have, I don't have time for it, uh, but, but I mean, I respect yeah. that. 
In case yeah. it wasn't clear, um, I, I mentioned it earlier, but this is the game that uh, dethroned Final Fantasy VII for me. So this is literally my favorite game of all time at, at this point. It took me, I had to sit on it for uh, a year, but confirmed. Well, well that's it. That's, uh, we that's got our Final Fantasy one. quota in, that's for sure. I've never, I've, ne I've never played it, and I've never played any MMOs, so I don't have much to say about this one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Finn. Altogether, it took Hang us. On. We got we got Finn's got a take. Oh, Finn's got his hand up. What's up, Finn? I never got to say anything yet about Final Fantasy XIV. You got you got to talk. Wait, oh, you don't you're, have a designated cool, yeah, answer. Cool with your talk. Collector's edition that you've been there since the start. <laughs> yeah, I'm an OG. I played yeah. before the realm was reborn. You young whippersnapper. Yeah, so you played the really oh, shitty version. Exactly, Waste exactly. your fucking time. Sorry. No, but uh, I just I just I really love that Final Fantasy XIV survived that disaster because the game that it is now and what it means to so many people would have if 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 this had been made by ea uh we would have never gotten realm reborn they would have scrapped it it would have gotten anthemed real hard so oh, i'm God. happy and also i'm just happy because none of you guys have realized that the reason the fact that final fantasy 14 is number one has allowed john to talk about final fantasy 6 and have it be relevant Kefka's in the game. There's a machinist class where you're like Edgar. Phantom Train, Ultros is in the game. Typhon is in the game. made it into our game of the generation show. I'm at number one. Derek, I am inevitable. <laughs> I know. So that, so, so, so it took us on almost combined five, like five and a half hours total across almost two episodes. Six. Closer to six. Lord. I'm going to die across to, to get to, to our number one game. Um, Remember when we thought we would get through this in two hours? Yeah, one night. That was, we were so young and foolish. We thought we knew everything back then. That was before the great 2020 election. Yeah, now uh, now in two weeks, a lifetime of experience have made us bitter and cynical. Um, so just a, a few. Thank you so much for to everybody for sticking with us as long as you did. For real. Um, a, a couple quick housekeeping items. One. Um, and I want to get this out of the way first. It has now been uh, just about a month since Brittany came to us and joined uh, SDGC. It's, it's, this is her, her one-month episode. And I just want to say, Brittany, what an absolute joy it is to have you as part of our family now. Um, you, you were our first pick. Ba like Basically, from Drum Street, we immediately were like, well, it's got to be Brittany. Um, and, uh, except for Finn. Finn didn't believe in you. And, True. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Only but, one person from Louisiana on this show. Yeah, but but no, Brittany, you have you have brought such a sense of happiness uh, into our our little podcast, and uh, you 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 belong here. This is your home, and we're we're so happy on your one month anniversary with our podcast to to have you here. Just wanted to let you know that. I, I appreciate say, it. You scientifically have the most agreeable tastes out of the entire podcast. We we proved that with the <laughs> yeah. top two games. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's been such a treat being here. Minus Finn, um, like John said, it's it's been family. You guys are like my family, and um, I love that you let me talk about video games and that you don't shut me up and. <laughs> You let nice. me thumbs up in stupid Resident Evil way. Um, but it, it. like, So I'm going to say this without getting interrupted. Finn with a dab. Um, you guys are wonderful and the community is wonderful. And I can't I can't say enough like how many days this week alone and just this last month 
where I've just been shitty and I sign on Twitter or I get on the Discord and I see the community and I'm like, these people are just fucking wonderful. Like, you guys are wonderful and the community is wonderful. So um, I appreciate all of you and it's just been such a fucking pleasure to be on the show and to be a part of this podcast and to be a part of this community and thank you guys so much for having me because it's like been the highlight of my year so well you are the highlight of our year of course and uh what else last, the, 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 last the, the, there's, there's something going on yeah. tomorrow, uh, this last weekend. bits of housekeeping before we get the fuck off here for the night i'm so tired <laughs> i know um so the whole reason that john is here in kentucky instead of the state that he lives in which very, is not kentucky very tired um is john's that, gonna stop the counts yeah we are um yeah <laughs> we're we're taking over we're overthrowing kentucky um no we're uh we Please do extra life um we have extra life. We have a 24 hour charity stream coming up. Uh, Finn, Finn has one as well. So Finn, you're going to be doing one um, under the Nola Nerdcast uh, branding and channels. And then John and I will be doing one on uh, the SDGC channels. We actually have a, um, we have a pre-show tomorrow, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, where we'll be playing Super Robot Wars T. Uh, we'll be playing a good game for a little bit to test our setup. And yeah. then 7 a.m. on Saturday to 7 a.m. on Sunday, we're going to start with Left Alive. We're going to play Left Alive until we beat it. And then we're going to switch over to Metal Gear Survive. Uh, it's going to be awful. And we're we're going to raise money. <laughs> Why so. don't we do this to You're ourselves? You're going to play it's PT at some point, aren't you? What? Ugh. PT? Um, we had problems. Uh, Wait, so what? basically, the P- I have two PS4s. The PS4 that PT is on that I have, the hard drive fried. No. So yeah, it is forever lost to the either for me because you can't fucking re-download it. Konami. It's because I Fuck Konami. It's because I hadn't played it and I was gonna get the chance to play it, and so like Konami was like, "Oh no, fuck! We that can't guy. have that." <laughs> I am so fucking pissed off about that. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So that's that's what we got. We gotta we gotta pop off uh, because it's late and we gotta get up early. Um, so we will see you all, many of you all, tomorrow, eleven a.m. to three p.m. Eastern time. Um, that's what we got, folks. It's been a, it's uh, been a thing. Finn, hit hit up. No, I, I just want to say, like, I know it sucks because I do my own extra life, so I can't join them and. This is the SDGC community, so I'm not going to try and snipe y'all. Uh, focus on you their can stream. No, yeah, you can you can check both. I guess what I'm trying to say is focus on theirs because they've got some great stuff planned. And then if you have time, then swing over to my shit show, and it'll be fine. The point is, no matter where you go, it's all for a good cause. Let's raise some fucking money for kids. Yeah. Fuck Donald Trump. Yep. Fuck. Oh yeah. Yep. All right, folks. Yeah. Thank you lovely. so much for every for sticking with us through this whole journey, everybody. All right, we will we'll do it again you. in seven years, I guess. Yeah, we will see you, <laughs> lovely folks, later. <laughs>